0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What in the Burt Reynolds? What are you doing here? Yeah, that's uh, it's not my name. <sighs> All right. Turd Ferguson. <laughs> uh, sorry I'm late. I uh, had to pick up my podium from the, from the grass. Well, you're not late. You weren't invited. I'd like to solve the puzzle, house. This isn't Wheel of Fortune Who is Andre the Giant? Is that an answer to a question? No, I was just wondering uh, Just wondering who is Andre the Giant You know what, Justin Bieber Why don't you choose a category? Ah! Burt Reynolds I, uh, I just remembered You, you, you remembered what? I remembered who uh, Andre the Giant was. He, uh, he was a giant, and he went by the name of uh, Andre. Why are you still talking about Andre the Giant?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying time's here. Woo! He always is the bad guy who gets it
0: in the air. He's out there stopping horses or falling off a train He never won a gunfight, squabble or brawl For being such a loser, Hooper's really got it all You can toss him, blast him, flip him and turn him Shoot him, hang him, bury him, burn him Chances are Hooper's back for more Run him out, cross the ground Take a truck, run him down He ain't easy, he's up and gone You can hit him, kick him, generally abuse him Set him on fire, we'll abuse him Heaven knows he won't hold a grudge He'll look you in the eye And tell you with a
1: smile There ain't nothing like the life of a Hollywood stuntman
2: Hey, well, the problem is with Cleveland, they never, they p- always pick A, the wrong quarterback except for Tim Couch. And then B, <laughs> you shut mouth, Tim Gross. and B, they always, they, they just get the dumbest coaches on the face of the earth. And they draft, they, they actually make the Penguins look like the greatest <laughs> team on earth on how to draft. Mm. It, it, which is incompetent. But the sad part is Cleveland has talent on the team, but every time they have talent they don't know what to do with it.
3: Yeah, we don't have we need an established coach and and
4: yeah. no more uh Belichick uh assistants either.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to stick away from that.
3: I read some article where Bill Belichick it was talking about it was some like satirical article, but they think Bill Belichick is like he he uh sends, like, purposely hires shitty people and <laughs> sends them out to other teams just so they suck.
1: <laughs> which, that
3: guy, it would not surprise me at all, which is hilarious.
4: Yeah, I had no doubt that they were going to crush the Dolphins after seeing, you know, two two games worth of film on them with the new coach. You know, that guy's a, a dark, evil genius, man.
3: We need somebody like that. Dude, if your daughter didn't come home with all the candy in Pittsburgh...
2: Dude, man, there were so many people out last night, but it didn't matter because she won the internet. The she
3: she broke the internet. Did you see Kim's daughter's picture, Axel? No. She was six shooter from the Puppet Master series. Oh, I did see that. I it did. Was that was
4: awesome. Crazy. <laughs> it was like it, the it, six arms. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it was shared something like and it found out it was shared like two hundred and fifty times. Oh my gosh! Uh, at one point, it was on Neil Patrick Harris's uh, <laughs> Facebook page mm-hmm. somehow, and it was hashtag Puppet Master that was started uh. by William Butler. <laughs> 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 like I just, it was, he was just showing up in places I never even thought of.
3: Uh, that's awesome.
2: And then there was, I think it was on the full moon fan group that people literally for like
3: i know charles band retweeted it
2: yeah like 25 comments in a row people were calling out charles band and i guess until he emailed me personally and asked for the pictures and, and then all oh, of a sudden man. he was on the she was on the full moon website she was she, <laughs> she started appearing that was everywhere. an
3: insane costume and i also liked your son like Timmy, the giant friendly great white shark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the picture
3: just looks like he's the nicest great white shark in the world.
2: He loved that costume, but yeah, she she's already said she wants to be tunneler next year. <laughs> oh man!
3: Somehow you're gonna get your you're gonna have to get your wife to get a little motor to make the thing spin around.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I said if I would have thought about this, I was like I I should have been blade. Or should it just went all out and became Toulon?
3: <laughs> no Decapitron?
2: Oh, fuck Decapitron. Come on,
3: Decapatron Decapitron man.
2: could suck a dick.
3: Come on, you gotta be Mothra <laughs> or some shit.
2: No. Okay. Resident Evil, Mothra, Decapitron. Three things that need to be banished from this earth.
3: And with that, welcome to the new episode, everybody.
4: <laughs> I was going to say, once, once you hit the uh, William Butler's network, man, you... you... You hit every working, struggling professional in LA. <laughs>
2: well, I was going to say, l- literally, she was on. Uh, she was, yeah, he was doing the hashtag for. Uh, she showed up on Tiffany Shepess's page. She, uh, who was it? Dave Parker, who has done a few full moon movies, he had some kind of six shooter hashtag for her, and then it just like it kept going from there.
3: It was insane.
2: I was just getting random emails from people I've never heard of or even met in my entire life. Just asking, how did you do that? And it was just like, um, it was a costume. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to be six shooter.
3: And she broke the internet. Yeah, she broke the internet. The internet snapped in two. Two things <laughs> that broke the internet, her and Kim Kardashian's big fat butt. Yes. But anyway... This is the new episode everybody and tonight since uh I I I I broke my Burt Reynolds Hooper virgin I'm not a I'm not a Hooper virgin anymore I wanted to get Mr. Burt Burt Reynolds fan number 1 Axel on the show. Hey Axel, what's going on?
4: Hey, I'm uh, happy to be here and to help, you know, guide you into the yes. the sea sea of Burt.
3: Yeah, because um, I am that era Burt, I think I've got. That one watched and I did watch The Longest Yard like two or three days ago. It's been playing off and yeah. on and that's
4: So you're are you Malone a, and
3: that's about it.
4: You're more of a switching channels era Burt kind no, of. No. Man,
3: there's something about Christopher Reeves when he's not <laughs> I'm not interested It just depress in.
4: the shit out of me when I see Christopher Reeve. I can't lie.
3: Mm-hmm. No, that's about it. Malone and Hooper in The Longest Yard and 100 oh. Rifles.
2: You're not a Smokey and the Bandit fan?
3: Yeah, I've seen Smokey and the Bandit, but that's not one I've seen like a bunch. I've seen 100 oh. Rifles like Man, when I was a little kid, my dad, 100 Rifles would be on TBS and he'd call me in the room and he'd be like, "Son, see that black man right there? That's Jim Brown. That's the greatest football player that's ever lived." And I was like, "Well, why is why is Burt Reynolds a Mexican?" <laughs> I, knew, I, knew I think he was Reynolds he
4: was, was a Mexican Indian.
3: Yeah. No he's mother. played
4: Mexicans, he's played Indians, and he's played Mexican Indians.
2: Hey, it's no different than Steve Machette and Nightwing. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: I was just going to say that.
3: <laughs> I don't even know that. God damn, that's got that's got that's got my boy David Warner in it too, and I haven't ever seen it. Oh man, so no, that, I, uh,
4: but but hundred rifles though. That's as far as I can tell. I mean, I haven't seen all of his films, but. That's pretty much the beginning of modern Burt right there, where he has the mustache. Yep. And he's, I think he's pretty much – he wears a hat for that whole movie, so I assume he's going bald
2: by then.
3: <laughs> he doesn't have the rug sorted out, the rug situation
4: <laughs> under, I don't think he control. was – yeah, he wasn't making the good rug money just yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say his hairpiece was almost as famous as he was at one point.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that was in 82 uh, – just after Stroker
3: Ace. <laughs> they, they put that thing in the Hollywood Wax Museum. <laughs> so, Axel, you know how the show works. Have you been watching anything cool lately? Got any recommendations for the folks?
4: Um, Well, maybe one for the – hopefully for everyone to discuss. Did, did you guys get a chance to watch uh, Evil Dead versus Ash?
3: Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that later. Yeah, I
2: was going to say I, uh, I was not even mentioning that knowing that uh, with we, Kyle we oh, were going to be –
3: Let's get into it right now. We all watched it.
2: Okay, yeah.
3: Um, what'd you think about it? I I
4: was pleasantly surprised. I was a, the only thing that kind of surprised me a little bit was you know pretty heavy use of classic rock. I thought it was you know kind of a new element to the series with the. If I, I never think that, hear
3: yeah, if I never hear Space trucking again, I'll be I'll be happy.
2: It was stuck <laughs> in my head. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: But no, I think it was kind of it was about uh, the gore and the tone was about on par with Evil Dead Two and the humor was like Army of Darkness and then some I think yeah but uh but I I enjoyed it what would you guys think
2: Tim uh okay I have a couple of questions to ask both ends I did enjoy it don't get me wrong mm-hmm. I I I didn't know put it this way I went into it um not knowing honestly, what to expect they were going to do how many years later with this series. I liked what they did. Um, I didn't care about the CGI effect that everybody's bitching about.
3: I think that's the main complaint with everybody. That was some pretty poor CGI. I was going to
2: say... Yeah, I was gonna say not so
3: much the headshot for me was the little doll was pretty bad.
2: Yeah, that was bad. But you know what? Though that kind of reminded me of the little ashes in Army of Darkness, also though.
3: I they were practical, and I thought they just looked a lot better though.
2: But I I just I gotta ask this, and the wife brought it up, and I was sitting there, because I told her I was like I thought I read this a couple of months ago. Is it me, or did they gloss over Army of Darkness like the ending? No they matter did. which. Mm-hmm. ending that you pick from army of darkness are they ignoring what happened
3: i don't know i'm not sure maybe that's something that they'll get into
2: i that's i thought i read that a couple of months ago that supposedly they're supposed to explain why he isn't working at smart and, i wondered
3: that too yeah
2: you, you know like are they gonna have an episode where it's the backstory of ash what's happened in the past you know how many years now years because the wife was sitting there watching it with me she was just as curious as I am and that was the first thing that came out of her mouth when we're done watching it and I was kind of thinking the same thing but I was just happy it was on TV so, but
4: are, are it, you, are you
2: thinking that they are just avoiding the whole film together? He never went to the past? Well, that's the thing I gotta wonder because even if you do not, like the alternate ending that everybody enjoyed of where he wakes up a hundred years later instead of in present time, that I could understand them glossing over. But if you're glossing completely just remotely not even acknowledging army of darkness, you still got to acknowledge the ending of Evil Dead 2. Right. He was stuck in time. He was back in the past. So if you do not bring that up, I mean, I mean if I'm going to be a fan of this series, I got to be like all the other anal Evil Dead fans. I want to <laughs> know. I mean, cuz you can't tell me every fan isn't like a super fan of this series. I mean, they were showing the, when they were doing the Evil Dead marathon, they're showing shots of a crowd in LA going to see this, and you had people dressed up as the fucking deer head on the wall.
5: <laughs> it's it just
2: so I know I'm not overstepping my bounds of asking something like this, because yes, uh, what you were saying, Axel, I I enjoyed it. Everything you were saying, I agree with. I, but I didn't care about the CG effect as much as like I hope they acknowledge. Army of Darkness. I it just I just feel they have to. And if they do not, I think it's gonna stick in my crawl as the series goes on, especially since supposedly they've already greenlit a second season to this. Yep.
3: Yeah, it got greenlit. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. I'm not in love with it yet, but what I am in love with is all the you know how they did the this this season on Evil Dead yes. Uh-huh. They eventually get to the cabin. And that shit looked great. I I liked what I saw, but I think I'm going to love that stuff.
2: Well, I do have another question,
3: too. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about Ash butt-fucking a chick. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, God! That was the one thing that threw me off. Yeah. Like, in the movies, he's always about to get to the loving, and then, you know, bam, evil strikes. I'm not sure.
1: Well, I, it, I don't know about that
2: part. <laughs> I was going to say, here's a question that has nothing to do with the series. Now the advertising day advertised at Halloween night, 9 p.m. Every turn, why was was, it? Why did it show up like 20 after 12?
3: I watched it Friday night; it was on. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, it showed up 20 after 12 after the Evil Dead marathon. Fine, I'm cool with that. That it did, that's cool. But you're advertising this series premiere (laughs) 9 p.m. Halloween night. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, I started watching part of, parts of the Evil Dead Marathon, and I'm like, in between Part 2 and Army of Darkness, and you're like, hey, don't forget,
3: 1220 for Marathon vs. Evil Dead.
2: I'm like, what? <laughs> like, how did this happen? Yeah, know? I didn't
3: know. My DVR alerted me to it.
2: Yeah, because um, when I went to my DVR, it's like, because I already set up the series record, and all of a sudden, it was sitting there, like, waiting to record, and I'm like... ah. Uh. You know I, what?
4: I, I had a problem with it last night. I was trying to set a series recording and I couldn't get it to record that first ep because it had already played it.
2: That's yeah. Funny, yeah.
4: I guess.
2: yeah. It just, I'm, I got, I'm wondering, you know, if, to me anyhow, is it because, did they do this? Like, was this a last minute thing? Um, just because A, daylight savings time, uh, B, uh, just because of, uh, there was already rumors of people saying they could see not only the first two episodes, but I've heard even the first four episodes are somewhere out there. Oh, really? On, on the net, and there was a lot of reviewers already coming out and just spoiling the shh, bejesus out of the series, which I just start, started blocking people just so I didn't read anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a lot of reviewers already, like for at least a week and a half now already putting up uh reviews of the first couple episodes i'm,
3: I'm not seeing on my regular uh upper 11th websites yeah. i'm not <laughs> seeing. so I, I mean
2: i didn't know like they must
3: be on spot. some super secret underground websites i don't know about
2: i i didn't understand like you know my wrong just being confused why they put it on at 12 <laughs> 20 and was advertising it 9 p.m that night it, it was kind of weird like I, I've never seen anything advertised for one thing and all of a sudden you just happen to be watching it and it pops up.
3: Who knows why they did it? Beats me.
4: I, you but, know I'm I'm thinking more about your Army of Darkness omission and and if that metal hand doesn't show up pretty soon then yeah, yes. they're omitting it.
2: Yeah, because I mean I understand I'm glad um the Facebook freaks have picked up on Tom Sullivan was nowhere in recognition yeah, no of shit. anything. I'm glad people are understanding that and picking up on that that he needs a paycheck out of this somewhere. Yeah. Um just they, because
3: they redid his artwork. I mean that was his artwork, That is it it's just somebody redid it.
2: Yeah. But mm-hmm. he he should be getting a paycheck or at least recognition in the credits somewhere. Probably. And that was the other thing I'm reading the credits and Tom Sullivan's name is nowhere to be found. And yeah,
3: Especially was, when you had Bruce Campbell on the, we got the gang back together, we got Tappert producing and Ramey. When and they Reckon dropped the everything.
4: original cast names as well.
2: Yeah. It just, like I said, it, little things, I enjoyed the show. I wasn't sure what to expect after how many years. Um, I, I mean, I could sit there and pick stuff apart, but I, I think the point of it is I'm happy it's here. Mm-hmm. Now I I still go back to what you said quite a quite a while ago, Kyle. If they hand it off to these two characters, I will want to track Raimi down and punch him in the face.
3: The which who are you talking about? Bruce if Campbell they and... take
2: Bruce Campbell out of this and these two kids or whatever are supposed to Don't
3: bother doing um,
2: that, yeah. Th- I will punch him in the face.
3: That girl is uh <laughs> I didn't find that girl very attractive either. She's she's one of those chicks that we were talking about before. She has too much hair. It's weird <laughs> and distracting. <laughs> it's just it, it's it's very weird looking. I love the dude though. The little yeah the, button, du- the dude yeah, he's cool. guy.
2: He seems hair. like he would fit in that universe. Yeah. That, yeah. The girl though, I'm not totally and sold on.
3: You know what? I think Lucy Lawless has found the Gunnar Hansen stash of.
2: Oh, stem cells? Yes. (laughs) Apparently, Apparently, it's (laughs) called get married to Robert Caprit, have a kid with him, divorce him, and apparently you get younger. (laughs) She
3: looks better now than she did as Xena.
2: Xena, yeah. That or that's what's wrong with Kevin Sorbo she keeps sucking his stem cells and Maybe. He, he keeps getting cancer and all kinds of other weird things. So
3: perhaps, hey,
4: you know, I think the, uh, the scene where the, uh, the two police officers kind of go into the house and expect, inspect the, the chick that was smoking the dope with ash. Um, I think that, that, that was, was kind of the, the scene of the show to mm-hmm. me.
3: That was vintage oh. Raimi with the lighting and,
4: and, yeah. and they yeah, got oh, yeah. the,
3: they got the look of the Deadites down,
4: and when those shutters
3: all closed, mm. and oh man, that was
2: badass.
3: The chandelier, and fucking walking yeah. around on the ceiling, that was great.
2: I, and mm. I was gonna say the only other thing, forty-five minutes, man. I tell you what, I was kind of like,
1: come on, mm.
2: mm-hmm. It was like I give at least make it sixty. I understand, but I think sixty would have been better.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that was our biggest complaint when this first thing got announced, where they were going to be half hour. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, give me, nah, don't do that, man. Give me some, I need some Game of Thrones epic <laughs> shit going on here. <laughs> anyway, Axel, did you watch anything this week? Anything that um, caught your eye?
4: Man, yeah, let me pass the mic. I'm going to have to think on it. Other than that, nothing too significant.
3: <laughs> okay, to I know, man. I alerted you, Tim, last night. I don't know if you seen it, Axel, but MGM HD had it going on last night. Yeah. Oh watched, man. What was that? Yeah.
2: I watched prison. I got, uh, ah, I, I got, nest. yep. Yep. Go ahead. Say it. Cause <laughs> I, I've,
3: I started I, watching it. I turned it on. I was like, this can't be the nest. And they had some, uh, what were they calling it, Tim? Like the, uh, world Premiere HD Marathon or some shit like yes, that. Yes, yes. It was The Nest, uh, prison, prison, and The Offspring.
2: Yeah, The Whisper uh, to a Scream. Yeah,
3: Jeff Burr. Awesome.
2: Yeah, which it's also known as. But yeah, they had that on and all MGM's that. and
3: still got it going on. They got all the Corman Poe shit on right now.
2: Yeah, and I was going to say, I was, I was watching Prison, and I forgot how good that movie actually is. I just set
4: it to record. Thanks for the heads up.
2: Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say awful. those movies are recording again like a couple more times during the next few weeks. But uh yeah, Prison came out about the same time as the horror show and Shocker. And Prison's the Prison was the odd man out. Prison was the one that didn't go to the theater.
3: I think it was because like it didn't have any money. The horror it show didn't. went to the theater.
2: Yes, it did. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it went to theaters. It wasn't as One wide. theater as, in
4: Pittsburgh, maybe.
2: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as wide as Shocker was, but yeah, the horror show did make it to theaters. Prison was direct of video. I'm guessing because it's Empire Pictures. Yes, Charles Band was an executive producer on it, but uh, at the time, like you had an unknown Vigo Mortensen in it. You had. Uh, Have Alfredo, chip- baby. Yeah, you had Alfredo, you had the chick that played Tila in the He Man movie. I always forget her name, but she's in a ton of late eighties, early nineties movies. Um you also have Kane Hodder uh playing the he he's basically the guy that gets executed at the beginning of the movie.
3: It's the and, first role for him.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's like right as he's going to do Friday the thirteenth, part seven. He does this role. And it just – it just – a lot of – there's some other names in the movie that's escaping my mind right now. But it just seems like it's a solid all the way through movie. There is a couple cool, like, gore effects in there. I forget who did the effects. wouldn't be, It wouldn't surprise me if it was uh, Beekler that did the effects for uh,
3: it. I don't think so.
2: Really? Because yeah. that was like Beekler's heyday with Empire in Charles Band.
3: Yeah. Oh Rennie Harlan directed that. I didn't yes,
2: know that. Yes, he did. Yeah, that was his first movie, I believe, Another too.
3: Bitch.
2: And like I say, it just it seems unlike Shocker and Horror Show, which seem very dated, even like now more than ever. Prison doesn't seem dated; it's still cool, except for when they're showing uh, the the woman uh, Tila, basically again forgetting her name, when she's doing a printout of research and you just have this loud ass printer going on for like thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yep, Member Doe's Commodore sixty four days and it just keeps on going. But I I, I forgot how good Prison was. I, I love that movie. It was really good to see that again. But uh also I've never seen it. I can't wait to check that out. Man. Yeah That's it's de- de- it's
3: yeah, pretty cool.
2: Yeah it's, it's definitely-
3: like a uh, if you're you you love slashers yeah, of course. It, it's a it's like a slasher movie with the prison as the bad guy.
2: Yes, I mm-hmm. mean the
3: pipes go crazy. There's a bunch of cool, <laughs> a bunch of cool barbed wire effects that are just really fucking awesome.
2: There is a movie I think it's like uh, early 2000s called The Chair, and basically they owe everything to prison. It's literally if somebody decided. Hey, I'm gonna remake Prison, but instead of calling it Prison, I'm calling it The Chair. And literally, they just did an updated version of Prison. It's a, it's unknown, but it's out there. It's you'll, you would find it like on some random ten pack of horror movies. Mm -hmm. But it it does exist.
3: And you got Zeus in this motherfucker. Yeah, that's oh no kidding. Yep, Yep, Debo.
2: Yeah, he 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 does his uh, best uh, Zeus imitation when he gets shot in the stomach.
3: I think this is like right around Zeus era, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah, it, yeah, 87,
2: yeah. 88, this is
3: yeah.
2: right after No Holds Barred. Because I think this film was being filmed late '86, early '87, because uh, of Empire. You, you know, Charles Band had mm-hmm. many, many movies. But anyhow, uh, i watched a documentary, Kyle. I know you love documentaries. Uh, oh. an- another one to check out X rated the greatest adult movies of all time.
3: I've seen that. i seen that you watch that, and man, that picture of Ron Jeremy is turning into a baked potato, man. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a giant baked potato.
2: That, yeah, I understand that. But it's definitely, uh, it touches on all the key porn movies throughout the years. Yeah. And different stories with actress porn actresses now and even before and they get into some of the stories you get to hear some truthful stories in this. So I would I kind of like it, I would like to see the DVD cuz I'd like to see the extras on this. Just because I bet you any amount of money, there is some stuff, other stuff they talk about. Because there were some truthful stories in there, like the one chick was just talking about. Yeah, he beat me up. (laughs) Is this on Netflix or anything? Uh Showtime. Showtime. Okay. Yeah, just I was
3: hitting Showtime for free there for like six months. Now it's
2: gone. Yeah, this is like yeah, this is like a Showtime exclusive. It just released this, I think, two weeks ago. And it's well worth checking out. It's very interesting because the they go X rated, the X rated, the uh, what is it? The X rated, the greatest, greatest adult movies of all time. And it goes through everything from Deep Throat and beyond, uh, behind the Green Door to Debbie Does Dallas to uh, Flashpoint with Jenna Jameson, uh, Pirates. It, it, it touches upon like it even talks about taboo in the eighties and it basically just touches upon all these titles and like what they did and they they also talk about the VHS era of porn and they talk about HD porn and stuff like that it's definitely nice. very cool very cool stuff but anyhow uh
3: no youtube link dang it <laughs> i looked
2: Uh where is my list here uh oh yeah I watched violent shit 3 zombie doom finally or also known as Infantry of Doom.
3: <laughs> this is that Italian dude or German, German dude. Right? dude.
2: Yeah, yeah. Basically, German independent films, and they're obsessed with Carl the Butcher. And basically, uh, if you're interested in watching it, <laughs> apparently Carl the Butcher survives part two, shows up on an island. He has a son, and they have a bunch of followers. And apparently, they do not explain how they thrive on this island, but they all wear that silver mask uh, made out of aluminum foil, and basically three dudes get shipwrecked <laughs> on the island, and...
3: Somebody watched uh, Anthropophagus and made a movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that, but with, like, hey, this scientist hates Carl the Butcher, who's working with them and starts making zombies and just random zombies pop up when they tell these three people to run and all three of them are killed before they even get midway through the movie and they give you three new characters. (laughs) It just... (laughs) The movie really is like... As you watch it, they didn't think everything through in this one. But it is a movie called Violent Shit 3. So... And I still... Here's my thing. I still don't I do, but I don't understand uh not the popularity but the obsessive fanness of these films.
3: I I remember you used to be able to buy violent shit on VHS at Best Buy. Yes. And I was like, I don't know, like you had to go to Ooh. that little weird back like 10 years, 10 15 years ago when they actually sold VHS, they had like a weird special interest where you could get your like faces of death and your Playboy yes. centerfold. Yeah, Best Buy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, I know what Kyle's talking about, but yeah, they had us this section. It was um,
3: weird. It's like special interest kind of.
2: Yeah, know. this section got taken away. It was uh, the first one to go. Yeah. Well, Disney started. This is what this is uh, was making me think. Disney was the son of Satan. Uh, outside of Satan itself, which is Walmart, but (laughs) Disney at one point, right before DVD came out, was starting to buy shelf space. And then once DVD got huge and there was talk of a new format like Blu-ray or HD at that time that was going to come out, Disney started basically, they were buying so much of Best Buy's shelf space. They started saying, okay, well, we're going to buy this shelf space. You can't have this movie in here. You can't carry this title. Um, it, they started basically telling Best Buy what to do. and it Basically, it didn't burn Best Buy in the beginning. They made a lot of money because people buy Disney movies, of course. Mm-hmm. But when they went too too fast and they went to the 3D stuff and all that stuff – basically best buy took a huge hit on that shit because disney left them out to the dry and disney pulled a lot of stuff away from them after that and they're like "Yep, yeah, uh, you're kind of stuck with the product now go find a way to get rid of it if we're done buying all this space but yeah disney was doing this not only in best buy but in other stores that would carry movies and that's why you stop seeing as kyle was saying special interest uh Sections where, yeah, you could, where well, you like
4: would, you used to see Synapse and Anchor Bay titles there. You don't yeah, see anything yeah. like that
2: anymore. Yeah, but there was a, there was you know whether it was Suncoast Video or uh, Best Buy, there's a couple other ones that were out there. Even Fye, you would have these sections and it would be special interest. And in special interest, it would be the early WWE yeah. uh, pay per views. But this is one of a few places too you could find the ECW pay per views.
3: Yeah, you could and, get your like. This was where you would get dead alive or yes, bad Taste or something like that. Yeah, ba- yeah,
2: bad taste. Like this is where you would get the movies they didn't know how to classify. But also, you know, too- we
4: ours had those just out in the general population. It had like you know, cannibal holocaust and shit. It was just in the horror
2: section. Nah, see, yeah, yeah. It, it it wasn't. It just once the video stores dried up, like when Best Buy is like. Controlling this, it it you could see it slowly going away. It went Ooh. from like one aisle to one shelf to like half a shelf, and then it completely disappeared. And now it's no it's no longer there.
3: Our Best Buy now has like one aisle, and it's all new releases. And maybe you'll get your like Fight Clubs or your Con Airs, and and they're they're usually in like the 9.99 dump bins. And that's about it. Like our our best buy is hanging on by a shoestring. You go in there and you can tell it's it's on its last leg.
2: Yeah. Well anyhow the other thing it's was in Violent Shit Three was uh the double barrel shotgun that has unlimited bullets, which was hilarious. Awesome. Yes, it was very funny. But again, I still don't understand why these movies have a cult status, but I kinda do. And supposedly there's a Violent Shit 4, there's a Violent Shit remake out there. Jesus Christ. Yeah, are these like camcorder
4: the same... things?
2: Or? Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, like, uh, early, I think it was 90 was the first one. Mm-hmm. And it, it all surrounds Carl the Butcher, and basically each, like, each movie, deals with this, I don't even know if this guy exists in reality, but these German filmmakers, like independent filmmakers, decided, hey, we're going to make these movies, and we're just going to call them violent shit. (laughs) And basically what it is, is the reason why they call it violent shit, is they literally try to do the most over-the-top, crazy effects. Like, violent shit 2 that had basically a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre overtones and you get the dude like stabbing women and cutting dudes dicks off and bringing them to his mom and like this one it's just like people getting decapitated and then getting gutted and they're eating the guts and it's that kind of stuff. I mean a lot of it is very obviously fake but for one reason or another over the years there it has like this really Subcultural status. Like, there is people that live and die for violent shit.
3: Movies. Would one of those people be your son, Lewis?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, more than likely, yeah. He's those, like a
3: Lewis movie to me. Because
2: I can tell you right now, Dan, every show I've ever done with Dan, he will sell the violent shit movies within an hour of putting them out there. <laughs> it, they don't, it, they never last. Somebody's always looking for all of them. And he sells them every time, every show we go to. So, but yeah, it's just a lot of cheap effects and stuff like that, and it's all in German with subtitles.
3: What so, is this new? You found like a new thing to find now. You found all the all the stupid rollerblade movies. Now you got to go find all the <laughs> <of> shit movies. <laughs> well, that's you
2: know me, Kyle. I, I'm still hoping to find. Got that.
3: Got to add to that pillar of DVDs holding your house up.
2: <laughs> yes, I, I, <laughs> I, that's what I. I always tell people. I don't care how many movies you have. You can have more than me, but I bet you I have the collection that makes you sit there. Why do you own this?
5: You have two (laughs) of man. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and that is one of my goals in life besides watching every horror film known to man but that is my goal is to own stuff people were like yeah do you realize they only made three copies because no one bought these and apparently tim owns one of them it's...
3: actually i go i go to tim's house to go to i'm staying with tim for horror realm i go uh... into his house and and he's like, yeah, here's all my movies. And, and everybody, you know, normal people that aren't Tim Gross have their movies on, like, bookshelves or, or some shit like that. Not <laughs> Tim. Oh, no. He's got a pillar, like, maybe four or five. Like, Stacks deep. Yeah. <laughs> Three or four, five, six wide, about four deep. And it's, it, I swear to God, it's load-bearing. It's all the way to the ceiling. <laughs> He's like, what do you want to watch? I'm like, I don't know. Just pull out something that won't make your house collapse. <laughs> find popcorn, man. I don't know. Throw that in.
2: I, that, I can't help it. Out. I I, get, I told you, I get a lot of screeners, a lot of independent movies, especially, <laughs> and I just I find random stuff. I'm the guy. I'm the guy they made the Phantom of the Mall DVD for. Okay.
4: <laughs> hey, I've got a copy of that.
2: See, see, there's there's other people.
3: I like Pauly <laughs> Shore in it for God's sakes.
4: Damn right it is. It's I don't have Kenny a copy. Foray, yeah. Kenny Foray's got a spot in that, doesn't he? I think so. And uh and uh Tom Fridley's in that for a half second.
3: <laughs> Tom Fridley.
4: <laughs>
2: what?
3: Is it fucking Tom Fridley?
2: Yeah. <laughs> but oh, uh what else did you watch him? What's that?
3: What else did you watch? Sir? Okay,
2: anyhow I watched The Hollow.
3: I've been no, wanting you... to see this.
2: No, you don't. Oh,
3: no, really? Mm.
2: Uh, I I Okay, let me explain.
3: Two movies I've been wanting to see that have, like, this got, got released around Halloween time that are kind of going for that Halloween trick-or-treat vibe. I yeah. want to see this, and I want to see Hellions.
2: Yeah, yeah, I kind of want to see that, too. Um, the Hollow, basically, three sisters, they go to an island that's cursed, that apparently Halloween... Like, they shut off this island. Like, the fairies don't go to it and everything else. They got
3: violent shit dudes over there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently these three sisters, uh, something tragic has happened. Their parents died or something. They're going to live with their aunt. And her aunt lives on this island that apparently every Halloween a storm happens and everybody gets all freaked out. You find out 100 years ago, something really bad happened. So now every Halloween, they don't even celebrate Halloween. That
3: Sounds like my town.
2: Yeah, like there's something about a fire creature that comes and takes people and kills everybody. The concept sounds really cool. This sounds great on paper that you have a fire creature killing people on Halloween. Problem is... I could not get into this movie whatsoever. This movie just bores the crap out of me. And from two and a half minutes in, the three sisters are whining about anything and everything going on. Like, the youngest sister, she wakes up and she's bitching about the two sisters fighting about going to live with their aunt and it's Halloween and they're bitching they got to wait for a fairy. The kid takes off in the middle of the woods for no apparent reason. And just weird stuff's going on, and they find her, and like they make a big point of this dude that's like a ghost hunter dude shows up and helps them find the kid, and they get back on, and they kill him like 45 minutes into the movie for no apparent reason. It was just like they would introduce characters that in any other, like, horror movie, like, something was gonna happen with these characters. They introduced characters that you felt like are gonna be at the end of the movie just to be killed after they introduce them and give them a backstory. I don't know what was the thing behind this, but I kept wanting them to kill the three sisters the whole entire movie. Cause that's all they do. The whole movie should have been called, We're Gonna Wine. And that's all that happens through the entire movie, is them whining about everything. I, you know, we don't get GPS here. Don't you have the address of your aunt's house? No, they do not. (laughs) They just, it just, the whole movie is them three whining. The creature was kind of cool. I like the concept of, you know, a hundred year Halloween storm coming and all this other stuff, but I just, Kyle, I feel like you will hate this big time yeah, i it's I'm sorry, uh no, it's not gonna wet your Halloween appetite
3: got killer poster art man
2: yes, put it this way. this is a movie, great poster art this is kind of like an eighties film, great poster art, maybe not so great movie
3: <laughs> damn it, yes,
2: yeah, so uh I did do the unthinkable. I watched the Robocop remake, oh. <laughs> and i'm like okay this exists and i didn't hate it
3: it's I, not it, it's really
2: yeah it's, i it's, didn't hate it
3: it's not bad but the whole movie you're just like what's the point here
2: yeah like, well what we that's what i was doing? gonna say my i did love uh the gary oldman character as the guy basically puts robocop together i still don't understand keeping the one hand like throughout the whole movie everybody's like, shoot RoboCop in the head that's how you put him down. Fuck it, shoot his fucking human hand, then he can hold the fucking gun, because that's the hand he's shooting with the whole movie it's like, just driving me nuts it's
3: it's not, actually, it's not bad but, again, you remade RoboCop, come on
2: Yeah. well, here's my thing, I was sitting there, I'm sitting there watching it, it's not horrible I was like I'm not opposed to a remake, but if I was gonna go do a Robocop movie, at least A, bring in Peter Weller. I was thinking like, I think this remake would have got a little more, like people would have been into it a little more if they would have brought like Peter Weller into it and basically say, yeah, we tried this once before and it didn't really work out like I'm something Sure, happened.
3: Peter Weller would have told you to fuck
2: off yeah I'm sure he would have but then bring in Robert Burke you know who looked very similar to Peter Weller so it just I would have liked I mean they already had the suit from the original RoboCop in the movie Yeah. but I would have liked if they would have gave a nod to the original RoboCop but more than anything I don't hate it being remade this just made me why didn't you go to the well why didn't not calling it RoboCop four? Why didn't you go and just try to revive the series? You know what I mean? Try to do it the way uh, Star Trek has is basically what I'm coming to.
3: I don't think that's a that's it's not a series that needs revived. They've it, got two fucking awesome movies and that's it.
2: Yeah, but I thought Star Trek movies didn't need. I thought it need revived and it got it. But I thought they could. RoboCop is a comic book character is basically what it comes down to. And I just thought doing another sequel, I think, could have been the better route to go. But I think what also didn't help this movie was it didn't have those cheesy commercials that like made the first one, even the second movie. The third one? (laughs) Which one
3: had Newcomb? Newcomb was my favorite. That's the second one. Okay, that explains a lot, then. I love the second one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but it was just the commercials, the cheesiness um, of the first, very first RoboCop never, ever taking itself seriously. And I understood what they tried to do in this, but this one was pretty much serious all the way through. There wasn't that comedy or cheeseness to this one and i think that kind of hurt this movie when it came out and i think it well that and he's fighting robots that all look like snake eyes and (laughs) yep uh it just i thought it kind of missed out on what made the first robocop movie good but again i gotta say it wasn't as horrible as i thought it was gonna be i was very surprised i thought i was gonna this was gonna be in that pile of Black Christmas, House on Haunted
3: oh, buildings. No no, no, oh, you're talking good shit now. What are you talking Oh, no, about? I'm not. Come on. Hey, what's, what's the
4: violence level like on part of the uh, original at all? Or?
3: Um, No. No way.
2: No, not nearly.
3: There's, I think that was the
2: other thing, too.
3: There literally is no bad guy in the remake.
2: Yeah, there really isn't.
3: There isn't a bad guy. There's no Clarence Boddicker.
2: There's yeah, no- I, I was going to say that's the other thing missing from this because who was supposed to be clearly the Clarence Boddicker, they m- misplayed that big time. Yeah. They they really misplayed that because the guy that's supposed to be the Clarence Boddicker basically is dead halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm going to go arrest the chief of police. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go arrest Michael Keaton now. It just – it kept oh no way! Michael not.
3: Keaton's in this. Yes, he yep. is. Sweet.
2: Uh, it, it just there's Gary Oldman lo- in there too. Yeah, Gary Oldman, Samuel L. Jackson. There's a lot of names in this, and I think you know, it just they threw a ton of money at this movie, and I just feel they didn't know what to do with it. I hope but they again, had it had again. A like I said, on
3: the material.
2: Yeah, it just, like I said, I would have rather went, went the other direction with this movie. But again, it's not horrible. I thought it was going to be very terrible and big pile of poo-poo. But <laughs> not really. it wasn't. So, but anyhow. And I watched Shark Lake, which we're going to talk about later, where Dolph Lundgren punches a shark in the face. <laughs> hey, can I
4: tell a quick story about Red That's kind of relevant to the Absolutely. Yeah, part, yeah, uh, yeah. remake. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was like Father's Day last year or something. Uh, my in-laws, they had got me the uh, Robocop trilogy, the original trilogy on Blu-ray. And I opened it up and we were at dinner somewhere. I was like, Oh, sweet. Great. I, for a second, I thought it was going to be that terrible remake. And I just, you know, just, I'd never seen it, but I just started, you know, just railing on the remake. Well, it turns out my wife had gotten me the damn remake. <laughs> she, <laughs> oh, shit. she ended up not giving it to me that night because I just <laughs> trash talked. <it. laughs> <laughs> And I think it ended up being like a stocking stuffer at Christmas last year. But I've been sitting on that
3: thing for almost a year, and I haven't seen it. It, You watch it, and you check it off your list, and you never go back to it. Yeah, exactly.
2: It's exactly like that. It just – like I said, it did not – and when RoboCop was made, a movie like that hadn't been made yet. Mm -mm. And it broke Mm -mm. that mold. It broke that genre. I, I, Verhoeven did an amazing job at that time with that type of, like, comic bookish flick. And I just think they, yeah, RoboCop 3 did really take a big poop on the series, but I think there is enough material there and enough different storylines that they could have went and talked to Dark Horse and maybe came up with something. Where they could have revived the series or at least um, made it where again, going back to where bring Peter Weller in for a paycheck, have him, you know, do some kind of highlights or something, make it part of the story where the first O C P basically trashes the Robocop thing and they reinvent themselves a few years later is basically what I'm getting to. You can't tell me That wouldn't have worked, because I just feel what they did in taming down the violence of the flick and not putting any of the cheesy commercials in, I think, took away from the movie a lot. And that was the brilliance of the first Robocop. Besides Clarence Boddicker, like I said, you kill the main villain off halfway through a movie. What are you supposed to do for the rest of the movie? And apparently this is what you get. I'm going to keep going after other people that are not really relevant to what's going on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, that's what I watched this week, besides watching Night Court catching up on the oh, wall. I was watching guy, some
3: Halloween Night Court, too, man.
2: I got them all on the DVR. I was watching one last night after I watched Prison.
3: Did you watch the one where, where they locked up Death? No. You know, death, I, I got was, death was played by um... Oh, the stapler guy from uh, Office Space. Office of Space.
4: Bruce. I'm not kidding. Yeah.
3: yeah. They fucking locked up death, and death was gonna kill Dan Fielding, and, and pretty <laughs> sweet. It made me miss Dan Fielding. I
2: love that fucking. I show. love, I love his character how it evolves throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Like He's
3: banging hookers all the time.
2: Yeah, like because the very first season, I was telling you about that. Like the first season, he is this prosecutor that doesn't do a whole lot, but just makes jokes of. The Young Judge, Harry Stone, and it was like somebody in there decided, okay, we're going to do something different. And it was like as the second season now, which I'm into watching every day on the DVR, you could slowly see the character changing. Not only is he sucking up to every – like trying to suck up to the mayor or celebrities – you could see it slowly creeping in where he's hitting on the other DAs and he's hitting on other women in the lunchroom and stuff like that. It's evolving like they made a change because in between, like they have that – the woman DA in the series by season two has already changed three times. And, and the bailiff too. Yeah, the bailiff – Well, She kept dying. Yeah, she died, yeah. She died after, I think, two seasons, and then they had the other old lady who dies after one season, and then that was when Marsha Warfield came in, who was awesome and played really good with Richard Maul's character, Bull, but also, too, they get rid of the court clerk uh, who has a crush on Harry Stone and don't even give an explanation. Charles Robinson, who plays Mac, just shows up and they don't give it, like, any story. He just shows up and they act like he's been there forever. That's the Wait, best you watching about,
3: this? It's the best part about Encore. Encore, Encore will- classic.
2: classic. Yeah, yeah.
3: Encore okay. will play, what, like three episodes of Night Court? They got another old show they play, too.
2: They play, they play Night Court. What is it? It's Murphy Brown, Night Court, and then Magnum P.I.,
3: no, those are, different yeah, ones those are really no.
2: Those are the three that are playing encore classic. But yeah, there's a couple other shows they play too. But they play that's starting at six o'clock in the evening.
3: Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, Magnum Pi comes on at seven every day.
4: It's a three-hour or three-episode block they're doing.
2: No, they're well. This
3: Halloween, they just played all the Night Court Halloween episodes.
2: Yeah, they did. But every night at six thirty or six o'clock is. An episode of Night Court, and they play it, I think, twice a day the same episode, but they're playing them in order, because I was telling Kyle, like, three weeks ago, I found the last couple episodes of Night Court and completely forgot how they ended the series and realized, I just put it on the DVR and realized that it was starting from episode one, season one, and... It plays it. They're playing them in order. They're doing what Chiller did with X Files a few years ago, where they just kept playing them all in order every day, Monday through Friday. I'll so be damned. You,
4: Here they are. Encore classic. Wow. Yeah,
2: it's great. And I think they put on on demand all the Night Court episodes they played that month. So if you miss one or you don't catch them, I think you could go on demand and find the episodes you missed.
3: All the Encore channels, there is never nothing not on.
2: There's yeah.
3: Always some, if it's not Flash Gordon, it'll be Commando. Black Stars is the best. <laughs> black <shit>. Stars. <laughs> black Stars fucking rules. It's like the best movie channel I have.
2: I, I always said Black Stars is – they're the channel that not only will they play uh, the black exploitation flicks that are hard to find – that you cannot find. It, that's from the usual crowd, but they'll play stuff like Soda Cracker, um, different stuff like that with uh, Williamson that you've always wanted to see. But they also put on their um, the different like Jackie Chan titles that haven't been available, like or. Not as readily as available as, like, First Strike or Rumble in the Bronx, Police Story.
3: They get play... old, man. They were playing Master with the Cracked Fingers, like, three weeks ago.
2: Yeah, they put on some of the most random stuff on there. But you got to pay attention to it, because they'll go days on end with not playing anything. And then all of a sudden, like a Friday night, you'll get Police Story 1 through 4. Mm-hmm. And is this is Encore Black? Uh, uh, is One that Stars them. Black? Or... No. Black on, Stars, or is that, I, I think it's, I think get,
3: it's, it's, I don't know why you're not getting it, Tim, but if you get Stars, you also get Encore.
2: Yeah, I get Encore. Oh, yeah,
3: I, it's I get a, on, it's a package thing. If you what channel
2: is the videos, Asian movies coming on there?
3: I think Encore Classics.
2: Okay. Yeah. Or Black. Yeah, it will come black on Black maybe. Stars, and it will come on the Encore Classics.
3: I'm not sure. Do you
4: guys get, um El Rey?
3: I don't. I'm supposed uh, no, to, I don't. but I don't. They I... have
4: just got crazy amounts of Shaw Brothers Kung Fu films. Yeah, and... they do. Because also
3: Lucha Underground is awesome as shit on that channel. It's
4: pretty cool. Yeah.
2: I was going to say, El Rey, is... I have Verizon Fias, and El Rey is not on any package for Verizon. But they are doing some kind of contest right now for where you can win... Uh, some massive amount of Blu-rays, like it, it just of a, a bunch of different horror films and stuff like that. It's going until like Thanksgiving that they they got going on, but it's like they have that, and then like second prize is like all these action flicks and stuff like that on Blu-ray, which are really awesome. But they they are doing some really good things programming wise. It looks like a cool network.
4: The only bad thing about it is it's, it's uh, standard def only right now, but uh, yeah. but yeah, the the programming on there is amazing. They've got this uh, director's series where it's just basically. Uh,
3: I saw the Joe Rodri- Carpenter one of that.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's just a Rodriguez sitting there, you know, picking a director's brain, and he's you know probably had about seven or eight of those on. Um, but yeah, it's a you, uh, Kyle mentioned the Lucha Underground it has tons of. Uh, like giallo and italian horror films it's a great idea for a network
3: mm-hmm. and, and he, he gets the program at all for what i understand mm-hmm. i don't know i have been getting into and i didn't know i had it i've been getting into this mgm hd and i'm not sure what it stands for but it's a i got a sony hd channel
4: yeah yeah oh, they show uh, tj hooker in hd yes. on on sony oh <laughs> yeah. shit
2: yeah, shack. Sony – the Sony <laughs> channel is another one to pay attention to because every once in a while
3: – What's they're, HDNM? High definition H- – it's got some good
2: shit on there. I was going to say I know Sony every once in a while. They play out-of-print title um, mm. horror movie that you're always looking for once in a while. And I can't remember if it's Sony. It's probably the MGM one. Killer party shows up from time to time.
3: Well, Sundance is rocking fucking Halloween 3 right now.
2: And yeah, cause you have Halloween, uh, hangover.
3: Yeah. Well, Silver yeah. Shamrock. Well, what did I watch? We'll just get this moving on here. I watched some, I've been watching my, my favorite, uh, pseudo reality show has been back on for about three weeks now and I didn't know it, but my DVR knew it and it alerted me. Have you guys, have you guys seen The Gold Rush on? No. Uh, uh it's pretty good. It's It's got, like, three sets of people up in the Klondike uh, mining gold. One of them is, like, one of them's, like, a 20-year-old kid, and he's got a crew, and then there's, like, this probably 65-year-old, uh like, either Swedish or Norwegian guy with, that just looks like a fucking Viking. He's got the beard and the hair and everything. And he has spent a million dollars on a floating dredge, and he is a jackass, and (laughs) he's, like, one of those guys that, you know, just because he yells a lot makes it so, (laughs) like, he can yell gold into his pan or something, but the kid doesn't know what he's fucking doing. He's a dumbass, and there's another third team that kind of know what they're doing, but they're led by, like, this big fat dude. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's got, like, this gnarly-ass Jim the Anvil Neidhart goatee. (laughs) <laughs> and and he—he's one of those type of people that you always have in your life. That's a boss or a supervisor that can do nothing. But super, he, he's got to be the supervisor because he's incompetent at everything else. You know what I mean? It's just like a. Let's throw all these people in there and, and watch them spend millions of dollars, and 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 they all are kind of incompetent dipshits. It's pretty great. But they they did have a series on there that only lasted one season called Jungle Gold, and it was It followed two frat dudes um, that went just completely fucking broke. They went to, like, Guyana or something and leased some gold, and they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, and they got run out of there by warlords and shit. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's back. That's a good show. Um, what else? Oh, I watched Fright Night the other night on one of these channels. Um. The original? Yeah, the OG Friday Night. I noticed a couple things this time watching it. It's a great movie. It's a, it's one of the best fucking horror movies out there, but. Um. Is there. Have you ever noticed. Charlie doesn't have a dad in that movie.
2: No, he doesn't.
3: And they never, hmm. like, make. I don't know why it just struck me this time. I, I no, don't they
2: remember. don't even make reference to yeah, it in huh. the second movie either.
3: Yeah, I always. I'm like. I wonder why they never fucking wrote Charlie a dad.
2: Never even thought about that before. Yeah.
3: But next time you watch it, this is the other yeah. thing that struck me. Uh, Jerry Danbridge, that guy rocks some serious Cosby
0: sweaters in that fucking show. Hell yeah. Pal, that's the worst
1: fucking sweater I've ever seen. It's a Cosby sweater. A Cosby sweater. Holy shit, the Cosby sweaters that
4: guy rock. It kind of reminds me of the way uh Kurt Douglas is dressed in the club scene. and uh, Fuck, what's the one where... Where the where the girl where the mistress is trying to kill him.
3: Oh, Fatal Attraction.
4: Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the <laughs> where Hunters he's that, that sweat Yeah.
3: <laughs> he come walking down that that. <laughs> he come walking down when they they go to make him drink the holy water. He come walking down that stairs and all. I, I could just hear Jack Black in my head going, "That's a Cosby sweater, a Cosby sweater." But Fright Night is awesome. I had to watch my mandatory Halloween movie, Maximum Overdrive.
2: Yeah, which was, it showed up on Sundance, yep, I think it that's was where last I night. It.
3: That's where I watched it. Didn't even have to get off my butt to to put the DVD in. Um, what else? Uh, I tried to watch that new, uh, Man from Uncle movie.
2: Yeah, you heard that was no, bad. Oh, jeez.
3: It's it's worse than bad. It's it's it commits the cardinal sin of being utterly boring. I don't think Army Hammer should. Sh- I don't know, man. Like I like that guy. <laughs> I like the Lone Ranger. He's got that like stone jaw, 100% all American hero thing going on. But that guy can't make a good movie to save his fucking life. <laughs> and Guy Ritchie is a dude I like too, and he directed it. And this movie is just. It's terminally boring, and that is the cardinal sin for me for any movie. You can be bad, and that's fine, but if you are if you can't keep my interest, or at some point in the movie, I go, Jesus Christ, just get the fuck on with it. I didn't even make it halfway through The Man from U.N.C.L.E. I turned it off. I was just like, I don't... Uh, I'll, Guy I'll Ritchie watch.
4: directed The Man from U.N.C.L.E.?
3: Yeah. Wow. And I, I even liked those Sherlock Holmes movies he did. Yeah, I did too. And, and this one just ooh, fail. Um, and I watched this really cool hour and twenty long hour and twenty minute long documentary on the haunted mansion at Disneyland on YouTube. Don't know what it's called, but it was pretty fucking cool. Like I've I've i never wrote it, but I've always been like fascinated with the haunted mansion. Oh, you never
4: wrote that? Well, it's still around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah It's, it's at Disney World at least.
3: On both, yeah, on both of them. But I I I had the chance when I was like eight and I chickened out because I was a big pussy back then. Like, I uh-huh. wouldn't even ride the King Kong ride at, at Universal. <laughs> but that's only because I talked my parents into letting me stay at the arcade while they rode King Kong because they had a Spider-House machine. So I feel, you know, I was justified there.
4: Well, what was – was there anything – did anybody ever die on that, or, or what was
3: – No, did there, nobody ever yeah, – uh, the only thing, weird things that happened – it was um, – That was the ride that Walt Disney died, like, as it was, like, halfway done. So it was, like, the last ride Disney kind of supervised. Mm -hmm. And then they had this controversy. They had two teams working on it. One of them wanted to make it a funny ride, and one of them wanted to make it, like, a seriously scary ride. And they kind of hit on this tumultuous kind of, you know, halfway in the road type thing, which... I mean, it, it looks cool as shit. I'm, I'm dying to write it. I, I would fucking love to, but i I check it out. <laughs> but the, no, they, they traumatized had a, the shit out of me, man. They, they had a, a part in there where I guess it's this weird thing where people like, they, they have to keep an eye <laughs> on it. People like to get their ashes scattered at the Haunted Mansion for some reason.
5: Have really? you ever heard of
3: this? You're a Florida dude. No. Yeah. Fucking, it's like a serious thing. And
4: what, is, what part of the ride do they do that on? Dude?
3: Um, just anywhere. They just have to watch it yeah. all the time, and it's just really cool. Some of the shit that they figured out how to do. I mean, this thing goes back to the '60s when they started it. It was it was really interesting.
4: I can tell you, we uh, we smoked a doobie on there at grad night.
3: Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, and I also found another kick-ass fucking a podcast who I I'm off. I'm off the flare nation. I haven't listened to any flare nation in about two weeks, which I need to get back to, but this podcast I found is called Lou reads. And it's You're like, off it on purpose. Uh, no, I just, man, I just kind of, I got, I got a, I don't have my job that I used to have where I could just stick my earbuds in and, and zone out and listen to podcasts for eight hours. The only mm-hmm. the only time I have is like I got an hour commute each way, and that's when I listen to my podcast. But no, I got all the I'm I'm up to date. I just haven't listened to the last two Flair Nations, mm-hmm. and that was some pretty epic shit. Especially because Flair gets a little tipsy when he's doing it, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he gets it about seems, three or four yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, well, it helps the. To...
4: I mean, it helps the topics open up. They don't seem to shy away from. Oh, Rick
3: you know, Flair doesn't shy away the, the... from talking anything about anybody. It's the that's the great part. Mm-hmm. Especially when he had Bischoff on there, like that was the mm-hmm. most interesting one. And I never knew about the plane wreck that he was in. I never knew about him wanting so enamored with Dusty Rhodes that he wanted to be Rambling Ricky Rhodes. Never knew him, any of that shit. But this new website. <clears throat> It's called Lou Reads the Internet for You. And it can be found at com. And this internet is run by this guy named Lou who has the voice of an angel. He, he sounds like Rod Roddy from the Prices or uh-huh. Don Pardo. And what this guy does, they're about, mm, about half hour, 45 minute podcasts and he'll just read forums from like the strangest shit like, uh, <laughs> here's, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> Episode 139, Swinger Problems from the Forums of Swingers Boards. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he just gets into some weird shit like, uh, prostitute reviews and, and, and the amazing world of robo-tripping. Just, it's the funniest shit. And he tries to keep, he tries to keep up kayfabe through the whole thing, but it gets so funny. Sometimes he reads some shit that he just cracks up and breaks kayfabe. It's hilarious. As hell. It is a good podcast, and I recommend it. But that is all I watch, sirs. I got some can you dig it. You want to do some news? Sure. Let's do some news.
1: Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
3: (laughs) Are you guys familiar with scary stories to tell in the dark? No. The
4: books?
3: Yeah, the books.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, you're not, Tim? No. Holy shit, that's surprising as hell.
4: One, it's a book.
3: Well, no, <laughs> these, were, these were some pretty serious, like, uh scary story books for kids. And the illustrations are horrifying. And they're actually, like, the number one banned book. But huh. there's a documentary. There's three of them. There's a documentary coming out.
4: But th- Those are pretty tame, though, honestly, aren't they?
3: Well, I don't know, man. I they fucking scared the living shit out of me when I was a kid.
4: Well, I remember. I mean, the pictures are horrifying. They're all those pencil drawings. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but the, I mean, they're, you know, I, I don't know. I it, just not too terrible. I mean, I don't think I encountered them till my early teens, though. But they, they seemed pretty tame from what I remember.
3: Parents groups did not like them. They are. They were the number one banned book. And in schools and libraries and shit. But yeah, this, they've got a, they've got a documentary coming out about them. I can't believe you don't know about these things, Tim. They're like, they're like childhood mythos. You missed out, dude. They're really, it it would have like the story about like some of the, basically
4: the classic urban legends were all in those, weren't they? Yeah. The the meat uh, hook and yeah, and the dog licking under the bed and all that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Tim, this documentary looks great. I, I don't know when it comes out, but I'm fucking jazzed to see it. Hmm. This, is, this has just got an update on it. But there was something else, but I just – you guys got anything? That was it. Oh, <laughs> shit. I fucked that up.
4: I've, I've got a couple questions if yeah, to, go ahead. to ask you guys. Um, do you guys know what happened to Corey G? <laughs>
3: <laughs> we got this question like three or four episodes ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the answer is it's us.
2: God only knows.
3: We honest to God do not know what happened to that dude. Yeah, Why? Do you either. have a story
2: to share with us?
3: Yeah.
4: Do you know? <laughs> no, no, I have no idea. I mean, I, I, uh, I he was doing that thing with uh, T-shirt Joe. It's the last I heard of him. And then yeah. I, uh, we had, we, we, actually, we had him on the show one time to kind of promote promote that podcast, and then yeah, I just, I had a look around for him a few months ago and was wondering if you guys knew anything. Uh, he, uh, I th- I asked the same thing to your buddy. I asked the same thing to John, to Jay Scott. Uh-huh. Uh,
3: yeah. I, I was, was going to say, like he unfriended everybody and, and just no he, reason given.
2: Just yeah. Like, I was going to say when he was done talking to Kyle, like I still got a random email from him and he had my Redson tower DVD, like for some reason or another, like he would not send it back. And eventually I finally got it off of him like six months after just like, dude, could you just send it back? And he still didn't watch it. God only knows what the heck Mm. was going on, but he would send me random emails after he was done with our show, basically saying, Hey, I'm doing this with t-shirt Joe. I'm doing this with this person. And like immediately after I got my DVD back, I, I, it was like he did not, no longer exist. Like I couldn't find him if I did a search. Like he, he wiped himself clean of Facebook. Mm -hmm. It it just there, he, I could not find him if I could. You know, if I wanted to, I could not find him. But I was, even when he was done talking to Kyle, I would still get a few random emails from him. But yeah, it's been a long time. I have not heard from him. I would just hear. Like every once in a while, people saying, Hey, this dude's doing, said he was on your po- podcast for a while and he's on, asking us about the podcast. Can you tell us about him? Um, not really. Good luck. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: We, I, I don't know what, what, I'm pretty sure we didn't do anything to piss him off. I don't remember ever doing anything bad to him. Yeah. You know, I
4: can't help but think that myself. It's like, well, gee whiz. What the hell did I do here? I know. You know? I
3: kind of feel bad. I mean, we used to poke fun of him, but it was mainly about loving the fall remake, which yeah, I mean, which, bullshit.
2: Yeah, it was, and I think it just at some point his brain broke. In my, I know he
3: was going through some back problems,
2: shit. Yeah, and it just all of a sudden he went. You literally could go listen to like the first two dozen episodes or whatever we did. And well, it was,
3: time out! Doctor Chalice is gonna. Got a bang, Ellie here on Halloween three. <laughs> God, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> He's gonna get that mustache working. But for
2: one reason or another, like all of a sudden, I mean, it wasn't a gradual change. It just like we did like two dozen episodes, and then all of a sudden he come on to one episode, and everything was that sucks. Yeah, it was all about the fog remake Hating and like, yeah, he hated the thing, and his voice got really deep all of a sudden. Like he had to talk like Jason Statham all maybe of a
3: sudden. Maybe he time. morphed into Jason Statham. All yeah, well. and
2: <laughs> I I have no clue why, or that's why I could just say it was like a gimmick thing, and it it just in the long run it was not working for the show at all. Uh One or two shows maybe because you know. It's something fun to do, but it was getting to the point where, okay, dude, you're not watching the movies. You're not even caring what we're saying about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fine. I mean, it, it wasn't even like a disagreement. It was just we would talk about a movie, and he wouldn't even come up with a opinion. He'd be like, it's not the Fog remake, and we're just like, this isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. We didn't throw him off. He just he decided to quit one day and he's just gone. Yeah, I assume he, this is not going to air what what we're saying here. Hey, we'll air it. I mean, okay, I don't uh, have anything against the kid. No,
2: I was going to say we we've told different stories over the, over the time. People have asked us, and it's nothing bad. It just he had something in his mind about going to do other podcasts, and apparently, it's happened to several podcasts where he just disappears.
4: Well, yeah, he did the, uh, the guys out of Nebraska. What was their, uh, behind the mask?
3: That's where he was from, right? Tim? Yes.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was from Nebraska.
3: The cornhusker.
4: Uh, I... Yeah, I mean, he was a big fan of our show. We had him on a couple times. And yeah. then, um, I, and then when, when he disappeared, I kind of felt like, uh, I was like, did we not? pushes show enough i mean i don't i didn't, I
5: didn't I, get it i would
3: play his commor- when we play commercials i would i would play yeah. the promo and stuff but i quit doing that for everybody just because Goddamn, who wants to listen to a four-hour podcast
4: exactly <laughs> yeah just same with us it was just got to a point where you know yeah about, it was taking up about 10 minutes of the show
3: yeah we don't even um. do commercials anymore <laughs> <laughs> all that shit
2: we, cause we only do it for the ratings, Kyle. Yeah, we
3: gotta hit them ratings. Man. <laughs> hit the podcast ratings.
2: We're all about that.
4: I've got one more, uh, yeah. thing to throw out there. Um, hit it. Kyle, were you aware there was a Day of the Dead connection to the Spookies?
3: Yeah, his name was Frank. Oh, wait, no, there was a Dawn of the Dead connection.
4: Well, no, I mean, I mean a direct connection no. to Day of the Dead. I, like no, I
3: just know that Frank Farrell guy that we interviewed yeah. was uh, uh the zombie who got seltzer in his face in Dawn of the Dead. And we didn't even know that until we started interviewing him. <laughs> he just spit that out there. No, what um, is the connection
4: here? They're uh, Apparently they borrowed some molds. Like they actually, the effects guys left Day of the Dead, went to the set of Spookies, and borrowed some molds from the FX guy. That would on, probably
3: on, be Al, I'll betcha.
4: Yeah. And they, they ended up using them for this or that in the movie. I, I was, uh, we interviewed Lee Carr the other day who wrote the, uh, I making remember. of Day of the Dead and, uh, I was flipping to that. And I was like, gee, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if Kyle knows about that.
2: I wouldn't be surprised, like, uh,
3: we're, enam- we're just, we're just enamored of how much, like, spookies is, is getting out there. I mean, last yeah. This weekend, it played twice in L.A., two different 35-millimeter screenings. Uh, our buddies from another podcast went, and they said the people were just fucking freaking out over Spookies. No, I didn't. Know. I'm, I'm looking up. I'll bet the guy's name was Al Maglachetti because he was in the movie, and he did a lot of the FX stuff.
2: Yeah, and I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised Gabe Mortulis knew who Greg Nicotero was. And- yeah I mean, that's about the time, like, a lot of those young guys were all coming on the scene at the same time. And I'm sure they all knew of each other in name or have worked with each other and, you know, at a school or met each other at something. Because there's, I wouldn't be surprised, like, you know, Nicotero has a story about it or Savini would have a story about something about that
3: um here we go
4: oh it's from carl fullerton's molds uh oh courtesy of al maglio chetty
3: yeah i'm reading it i'm reading it right here he is a bathrobe zombie slash sunglasses zombie in day of the dead there Uh, you go yeah there's your connection that guy's a cool dude we've had it we've interviewed him on the show and there is Uh, not a movie that that guy did not work on
4: if you haven't checked it out though, I do highly recommend that book. I mean, not just because a friend wrote it, but I mean, it's it's. I mean, if it's got a it's got a section on the
3: spook the spookies, then it's oh, that's
4: totally. You know, fucking it's trying to cool. uncover everything. You yeah. know,
3: hell yeah. Well, let's uh let's get to the questions, Tim.
2: Okay, let me bring them up.
3: I I don't know if we got bombed by Ed this
2: week. I did. don't think uh, he. Had a couple of questions earlier and then it seems like he disappeared. Uh but before we get he to those, the Corey G route. <laughs> yeah, he literally <laughs> disappeared. Um let me make sure we don't have anything else.
3: I nope. hope I hope if he listens to this just know we're not like trash yeah. or making fun of.
4: Send him. me an email, shit. Yeah.
2: Okay. First one's from Tristan uh, Tristan Gnarly Martin. Of, well of P in Your Butt Productions. P in Your Butt Productions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tristan wants to know, well, if it's not the first thing you discuss on this episode, what did you think of Ash vs. Evil Dead, which we got into? Because I absolutely, and I mean absolutely, loved every second of it. Fingers crossed. It keeps getting better as it progresses. I must admit, I shook my head a couple of times during certain points, the reason of why the Deadites return and the CGI they used on the exploding head. But hey, it's all good fun. I cannot wait to watch episode two. I think everybody's pretty much-
3: Yeah, you know, that was one of the things I was gonna mention that I forgot. I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm buying this how, how the book got read bullshit with the weed. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Ash is that fucking stupid. To do that. <laughs> I'm on board now. It,
2: it, yeah, it just, I think everybody's pretty much in agreement. I, like I said, my thing is, um, I, I just, I did not know where it was going to go how many years after. Mm-hmm. And I just hope they don't gloss over uh, the Armia Darkness storyline. Because, like I said, <laughs> reading about it months ago, it sounds like they have a plan to explain this.
5: I, I certainly hope so.
2: Yeah, so do I. Uh Next question is Andy Lunn. He wants to know: Will you be sounding the bird alert?
3: That's an act. I don't know. Are we? Are we? Are we going to trumpet the bird alert, Axel?
4: I can send you the uh, the clip I mean, if, uh, if you're I'll willing do, to edit I'll it in.
3: I'll throw one in here. I'll throw one okay. in. Here. I'll make one up. That's uh, too hard.
4: <laughs> bird alert. Bert Murray.
5: Brett Alert. Murray.
2: Okay, uh, next question. <laughs> These are, the next three questions are Ed Quinlan. <laughs> it's uh, uh, yes. <laughs> it is
3: the AIDS portion.
2: Yes, it is the AIDS portion uh can you get aids from watching too many bootlegs
3: <laughs> no you can no I, I i don't i don't think out of print dan would ever ever uh support anything that would i think you
2: just turn into black Lantern. black <laughs> O'Lantern,
3: yeah <laughs> i don't know what do you guys like is that something you do axel is there do you like resort to the bootleg dudes if you can't get anything like find what you're looking for how many, you know, I how many I really have
4: bootlet. I mean, I'm sure I own a handful, or you know, as, as much as the next guy. But I, as far as like you know, like the the theater camcorder jobs and stuff. Oh no, I, we're talking about no. like,
3: like stuff that is out, like was stuff like Split Second that was out for five seconds and gone forever.
4: Well, I mean, I, I you know, I've rated. Several video stores and made my own D V D R backups. I, I don't know how often I've gone to the bootleg market, you know, for a specific title. It's been a while. I don't do it a lot. Tim, I mean, I know, most you, everything's out now.
3: Uh, yeah. That's not, dude. There was some bootlegger guy at the last whorehound that I got some stuff off of. That guy had shit that I didn't know existed. He had s- screwballs, too. Uh, the Jerk Part 2, and, which, and this is going to be in my Can You Dig It's, uh, what the fuck is this Night of the Creeps 2?
2: <laughs> I don't this? I don't know. I, I just found um, this out, too, like you did.
3: What is Night of the Creeps 2? Uh, do you know about this, Axel? No,
2: not at all. Tell me about it.
3: Uh, we don't know. We don't
2: know yet, but it's this not could even be like Killer IMD. Dead. It could be like Killer Dead, though.
3: Dude, our boy Out of Print Dan will find, like, movies that you didn't know existed, and it just it shits him out there. It's, it's amazing. He's got Night of the Creeps, too. And it's <laughs> for real. It's like a real
2: thing. But also Out of Print Dan will say, Tim, this movie just appeared on my computer. <laughs> it has you written all over it. And it will be something like Shark Lake. I didn't know anything yeah, about
3: a it. Dan Haggerty movies.
2: Yeah, Dan Haggerty movies will like appear on Dan's computer and be like, uh, Tim, I think this is yours. <laughs> you need to see this. But, uh, it just, it's, yeah, he, he finds a lot of lost 80s films for me. Shit,
3: he finds stuff that like, I, I literally didn't think existed. And yeah. Then, presto. There it is.
2: Night of the Creeps 2. Uh, you will be hearing about it soon, believe me. I'm sure. Yeah, keep
4: us posted. I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure it's going to suck.
2: Would it I sounds sense
4: that it's not worth a shit. But, you know, yeah, what would it, is, it
2: sounds like is somebody uh bought the rights to the title and made a completely different movie. It sounds like one of those things.
3: Sounds like a Day of the Dead 2 situation.
2: Yeah, Contagium, but they didn't have yeah. the money to pay Ving Rhames and Mina Savari to show up.
3: Oh, we're not going to talk. Fuck that shit. We're not talking about that nonsense.
2: Uh, it could I even be know. like a creep show thing. Where, hey, we're going to make Creepshow 3. And everybody's going to be pissed off that you made it. Yeah. Uh. Quinlan wants to know can you get aids from watching a rob zombie halloween movie? Do you have a podcast
3: Do you want to start? Oh god, I got a I had an ad going, sorry. No,
2: you're fine. What was the
3: question I didn't hear?
2: Quinlan wants to know if you could get aids from watching a rob zombie halloween
3: movie. No, uh no, what were you where are you said that on the on the rob zombie halloween movies, Axel?
4: Um
3: I, I I I'm not going to
4: say I've warmed up to them, but I've certainly the outrage just settled down quite a bit, and I can just yeah. kind of watch them for what they are. I, I don't think I'll ever like part one, but part part two's grown on me a little bit.
2: It's it's I it's okay. I was gonna say I think two helped.
3: I'm always trying to get Tim to watch part two.
2: I have watched part two.
3: Oh, I didn't think you've
2: seen it. Yet. Yeah, we had this conversation a couple months ago. I finally sat down and watched two. I understand, like I think. Two helped the outrage calm down some. I just think I really do think if Rob Zombie would have stuck to what he was doing in the first half of the Halloween remake, if he would have stuck to that, I think I I think a lot more people would have been happier. I know I would have been I would have been more thrilled with the movie, but I go back to, I I I just, I would have liked to see them try to erase the Halloween Resurrection film. (laughs) (laughs) I would have loved to see Rob Zombie go do a sequel, because you pretty much could have done anything. That everyone would have accepted the movie. You could have done whatever at that point. But, because it's like, Pretty much did, Michael- Did you like the beginning of Resurrection then? Of which- Jamie Lee? I, I did, I understood it. That was the only reason I went to go see it in the theater was because of that. They got me. Yes, I have to go do that. But-
3: You got tricked like that too then.
2: Yeah, but to yeah. reshoot the movie just so Buster Rhymes doesn't die, I think was just a horrible, horrible Absolutely travesty to that series. And I mean, Halloween 6, yes, it is bad. But it was kind of a good bad. And plus, when that producer's cut started floating around, it made sense of a lot of stuff that goes down in part 6. And it kind of like, again... Man,
3: I don't know what you guys are talking about hating Halloween 6, man. I love that fucking movie.
2: Dude, don't get me wrong. I like it. But it is a mess of a movie. They screwed up big time with that.
3: Well, Loomis died for real. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, yeah. that was, yeah, they, they can't <laughs> help that. But that was a mess of a movie from the beginning. They should have hired Danielle Harris from the start. Um, They just, they had too many things going on. And I just think the producer's cut made a lot of sense of the movie more than anything. They made a lot more sense of what the movie could have been is what I think, personally. But Resurrection, I just think, is just that... That movie just took... That was a turd. It yep. just was a turd. It, it just... they Once they started reshooting stuff to accommodate Buster Rhymes and some of the other people in there and doing rewrites in the middle of the sequel... They I just
3: sh- love how Buster Rhymes learns Kung Fu by watching a Sonny Chiba movie.
2: Yeah, it just it it was bad but yeah i would have li- i would have liked to see rob zombie just did a direct sequel because at this point after halloween 2 isn't kind of like michael myers now like the new jason like undead slasher guy at this point i mean cuz since they're going to make definitely after 2 yeah like they're going to make halloween 3 and it's kind of like okay that was one of the things that kind of separated him from the Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees was, eh, he's semi-believable. He's still human, and like now it's he is the zombie version of Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Now all of a sudden it's like, where do you go with Part Three?
3: Well, they tried to bring it out of that in Part Six. They had the shape guy that was yeah, like, the doctor and shit. I thought, I thought I was like, that's what I liked about Part Six. I liked at the end where it gets truly fucking violent as hell, and they just beat the living shit out of them with that lead pipe. I I love that whole ending shit. And I love that they were trying to, you know, take it somewhere.
2: Yes, but like I said, the best part of it is part six is is like a... Respectable, lovable mess. Where part 8 is just a mess of a movie that should have never graced the big screen. It should have never made it out there. And I just, I don't understand what they're gonna do with Halloween 3, especially without Rob Zombie now. I don't know where they could go in knowing Dimensions track record. Um
3: it's, it's in good hands. It's, it's, it's being done by, uh, the guys who did the collection and the collector.
2: Yeah, that doesn't mean that's going to show up on screen, though.
3: No, I, I got to – man, those movies with those dudes, I got to give them up. Yeah, a-
2: but a- see, I think those guys were given Car blanche because there was nothing expected out of those movies.
3: Yeah, uh, maybe.
2: Halloween's an established thing, and I think it, it goes from – I'm not the, worried about the movie pissing off older Halloween fans like myself or you – um the new, the Rob Zombie Halloween, there is a lot of people, younger people that were really into the Halloween and Halloween two. I just have a feeling Halloween three there's a chance that one's gonna piss off a lot of those newer fans. Perhaps. So but anyhow, going away from the point. Uh Quinlan, last question. Quinlan wants to know is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, Leatherface with AIDS.
3: That movie will give you AIDS. <laughs> For certain. <laughs> Have you ever seen that mess, Axel? I think Axel's gone. He's dying. <laughs> Is he dead? Is he there? Oh he's gone no. uh, shitty fucking where'd he go? Uh oh. We lost Axel. Oh <laughs> uh, technical lately. difficulties. We'll be right back. <laughs>
4: I forgot what we were talking about, too. So. Uh, we, we were just going through the uh, Halloween eight. thing. And, oh, man. What, what do you uh, think? Do you think it would have worked out? Uh, just uh I thought the scenario was okay. The timing was probably right for the whole reality yeah.
5: TV yeah, thing. Well,
2: I yeah, I was going to say, when that came on the other night and the wife and I were talking about it, I said they were hitting the ground floor running. Good idea. Bad movie to put it in. I just, uh, I, I, they, it wasn't as popular it is as it is now. Them mm-hmm. doing that. It, so, yeah, I think they hit, they hit the ground running. It just, I think, uh, just everything else surrounding that, ah, uh, you know, just, I think they should, new cast. <laughs> it just, I, it, there's a lot of things wrong with that movie. Yeah. It, it just, what? What's the story of that on-again, off-again Halloween
4: 3 um, that, uh, you know, I think Rob Zombie was attached to it for a minute. And they had, uh was it the guys from one of the French movies? I think we're going to do it for a while.
3: Uh They gave it to, I can't think of his. I think it's I'm Marcus Dunstan. Yeah, and uh the guys behind The Collector and The Collection. And if you haven't seen those, those are fucking amazing movies
5: hmm okay
3: they give it to those guys so i th- that's what we were talking about when you died mm. i think it's in good hands okay or about the best hands it could be
4: in and it's going to be like a part three or a fresh reboot
3: i'm not sure it got put on hiatus the last thing i
2: yeah I like, there's somebody claiming it's going to show up next halloween again is the- i got
3: some google alert that said like this got put on hiatus Camp's new alien movie got put on hiatus and Prometheus two got put on high, like indefinite. It's kind of in that what's IMDb call it, developmental hell,
5: mm-hmm. or,
3: or something like that. So who knows when you could do it? Could be farted out on DVD in like a year. Who knows?
2: Yeah, it, it's yeah, it just I don't know what they're gonna do with Halloween three is the big thing.
3: Who knows? That it's just such a mess. Who knows? But anyway, that's all our questions. Uh. Breaking news, Tim. I just got followed by stiff days on on uh Twitter. <laughs> and that's uh boner juice, so thanks Dr.
1: <laughs> what thanks. the hell are you thanks, talking Dr. about?
3: <laughs> I don't know, Dr. Porkenheimer's boner juice just <laughs> followed me on on Twitter, thanks. <clears throat> Whatever, but uh let's take a small break and we'll be right back and we're gonna talk about some crazy Richard Mall nonsense in Night Train to Tear, so we'll be right back. <laughs>
5: Join us
1: as a rock and roll band gives its final performance. What can I do for you, Mr. Satan? For our ill-fated travelers chosen to endure a terrifying journey into the darkest regions of the human soul as the forces of good and evil engage in the final conflict. I'll open the gates of hell! One master! And his name is Satan! At stake the fate of all humans. Have you come to challenge me? Your guide is a powerful, relentless, unspeakable force. A power born in the darkest corner of hell. You may try to run. You may try to scream. Either way, you've bought a one-way ticket to the outer reaches of horror. Join John Philip Law and Cameron Mitchell on this deadly excursion beyond the reaches of sanity. Night Train to Terror. Climb aboard. Your destination is hell. Hey
3: everybody, welcome back. (laughs) Uh, Sorry to cut you guys off there. It's kind of a dick move. But, that's okay.
2: Kyle doesn't uh, want to know where you can find the dark children at.
3: I don't know. I don't know. I just know y'all cast spells. <laughs> Was
2: it the East Liberty District?
3: Is that what he said?
2: It, it's yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the Hill District. Yeah, you. Hill
3: District. Okay. Yeah, you. You have. If is that Pig Hill?
2: <laughs> where Yinzer Satan explains that's where the hill where all the pigs used to roll down.
3: I don't. know. You know, I just remember going to Pittsburgh and you showed me.
2: Picking. Oh, yeah. It just, yeah, there's it, it, basically what it comes down to. If you've ever been into Pittsburgh or near Pittsburgh, you know, you get it. You kind of understand what the characters are talking about at all times. But it, it's funny because we just all we did was make fun of ourselves is what it came down to. That's the whole movie is making fun of ourselves. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, come on. The head Satanist is like, I got my dad's star.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we ask Axel to come on the show, and, and the movie he picked to talk about is Night Train to Terror.
2: Which, and, which, by the way, well, I thought geez. I was thinking of a different movie when you told me this, Kyle. I thought it was Night Train Murders. Uh, I've been meaning to see that.
4: Is that the one where they're just senselessly raping
3: a woman on a? Yeah, it's kind of like train.
2: Last House on the Left on a train.
3: Uh-huh. That's the one that's got, like, uh Vincent Price and Peter Cushing and... No, no, Williams. different movie. Uh, I don't know which one you're talking about then. Yeah,
2: they, but yeah, there's the one where people are... Women's just getting raped and... Rape Train? Yeah, basically that's what it is. It's Rape Train.
3: Okay, cool. It's,
2: a, <laughs> it, it's an Italian flick. And that was the one huh? I thought until I seen the trailer for this, which I still don't understand what I watched today.
3: This is definitely a spookies type situation here but let's talk about it Axel.
2: Well yeah,
4: I, I honestly I don't know a whole lot about the title. I got it more because uh, I'm into the uh the Blu-ray company um Vinegar Syndrome.
3: Yes. Oh, they're putting there's some good shit those guys do some.
4: Cool Can't stuff. recommend those guys enough. I mean, they're doing some good work and um, you picked this up and I'd heard about it for years and um and well just you basically what the movie's about, it's a uh it's an anthology horror film. It's got three stories and they're all wrapped around um the wraparound story is uh God and Satan are on a train and they're gonna watch the three you know, each of the three stories and then decide which souls each one gets to keep. Meanwhile there's a a music video Scenario going on. There's a guy singing a song, dance with me. It's kind of, it's kind of like, uh, the Jewish, uh, beat street, maybe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Was it wrong of me to think, uh, the zombies were going to jump off the plane from Nightmare City and start shooting these people <laughs> on the train?
4: It wouldn't have been out of place because this is, uh, I, I, it's got that weird, I mean, it, it's, I, I can't really put my finger on it because it's not it doesn't look low budget. I mean, it's, it's well shot, but it's just the way they've edited it together. It seems like it might have been like a four hour movie that they edited down to an hour and a half. Cause it's, the whole thing just moves at like a quick fire pace. It's like a little three second yeah. shot here, three second shot there. And it just keeps jumping down the story quickly. And it, um, it makes me wonder if maybe there was more than one film that, that was shot that they just tried to, uh, put together into an anthology, because I, unfortunately I don't know the backstory to this, but, um uh, uh, but the first story is, uh, basically you have an insane asylum where they, uh, shoot people up with drugs and get them to go out and recruit, uh, women to bring back so that they can turn them into, like, basically Vegetables, and then, for some reason, cut them up and sell their body parts where it was strange because all the women are extremely hot blondes, so I don't understand why they it seems like they would have made more money you know keeping them intact and selling them <laughs> but um, but this one uh stars uh we were speaking of Richard mole earlier, this one stars him in an earlier role as kind of the butcher at the insane asylum uh Second story is about a uh, a death club. This guy gets into this girl and they end up getting into this death club where they keep uh you know like at one point they strap themselves into some random electrocution device where one of them one of them, it's basically just they're all just seeking the thrill of near death experiences and uh and the last one is about a, uh, kind of this demon, immortal guy that looks like a slender Jack Black. And he's going to battle against, once again, Richard Mull, uh, is some kind of, he almost looks like a TV evangelist, but his message is that God is not real. And anyway, um, those are the three stories. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I recommend it just because of, uh, the work that vinegar syndrome put into it. Um, And it's, it's, you know, got loads of nudity, loads of insane gore. It's got some tragic claymation. Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, what was up with all the claymation and this oddity?
4: Yeah, You know, I guess, you know, CGI wasn't out and they were trying to go for some pop, you know, with some of the demons and, and such it's it's really you know kind of on the level uh you know like some of the heavy metal horror movies maybe when it comes to that but uh but uh, but sometimes it was oddly effective it was well shot well lit um you know great set pieces good gore effects um but ultimately where it falls down i guess it's just the writing and uh the story itself was not complete, but it's uh, definitely worth the watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, have you seen this, Kyle?
3: Uh I watched it for the first time today.
5: Oh, no kidding. Wow. Uh,
3: it, yeah, it really hit that. Like, I've got this weird Kyle genre of, <coughs> uh, like, um I don't know how to explain it other than call it in-then movies, where it seems <laughs> like... Uh, yes,
5: yes. It seems like a five-year-old kid was writing it and was
3: just telling a story, like, "Well, there's this train, and then there's God, and then there's Satan, and uh-huh. also Richard Mall." And it's like, I don't know, a lot of those, a lot of movies that I love seem to fit into that. Like, there's Spookies is like that, Buckaroo Banzai is like that. Um, a lot of just the, Treasure of the Four Crowns is definitely like that. I love these movies that are just they're not bad they're not really good but they're just so interesting <laughs> and you're just like wow and i'm not gonna talk bad about any movie where richard maul grabs boobies well uh,
2: did so, you read that richard maul wasn't there for the whole shooting
3: no that was a stunt double yeah it was like you could tell because one of them had like hairy arms and
2: yeah richard Maul
3: that. does not have hairy arms it's a real, uh, Friday the 13th situation going on there with the hair on the arms. But no, I li- I liked it. I definitely, look man, you're going to have some 80s band rock out in, in like this in, in this movie. I'm all down for it. That song is insane. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't understand the concept of having a band on, on a train, but this desk, it definitely feels like a spooky situation. Like this seems like. Two or three movies that were kind of unfinished or something, and they just mushed them together and, and kind of made what they could out of it and didn't do a bad job. I mean, it's definitely kept my attention. At no point did I ever say, get the fuck on with it. So I, I definitely liked
4: it. Yeah, it spent the whole time getting on with it. Um, oh, yeah. The, you know what though? Like the first five to ten minutes of this was like, so like completely and utterly like misogynistic that it was like, I mean, for a second I was like, man, if this keeps up like this, I don't know if I can even sit through this. I mean, it was just <laughs> one after a, in, in the first seven minutes, they, he, they just, you know, they, they, it's just rapid fire bringing in these women, stripping them down nude and then like lobotomizing them and torturing them. It's <laughs> one after another. I'm serious. There's like a dozen of them in the first. Like seven well,
3: or eight minutes. Sure. I'm not sure which version I watched because I know there's two versions of this. And some versions, that's the last story. Yeah. And other versions, this is the first story. And I watched that and the, all the nudity and graphic shit was definitely the last story. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah, funny. I'm not sure which, which version I watched.
2: You no, know, I gotta, the I watch the
3: one that was, on. that was on, I watched the one that was on YouTube.
2: Yeah, and I was gonna say, I watched that one too. I gotta ask, uh, Axel, is this, this is available on DVD now, correct? Uh,
4: correct. yeah, Vinegar Syndrome, it's a DVD-Blu-ray combo. Okay. And it was in the order, uh, it had the, um uh, the Insane Asylum. I know the first. Death Club
3: was in the middle. What's that? The Death Club, the one I watched, the Death, yeah, Club, Death Club. The Death
4: Club in the middle, and the, uh, the God is Dead, Immortal Demon was last.
3: Yeah, they switched the one I've got. I, I don't know which one. I watched whatever was on YouTube. I think, I think Vinegar Syndrome actually got like the legit way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Vinegar Syndrome now, man. They got some good stuff. Yeah, they do. Now. Frightmare and...
4: Yeah, I picked up their, uh, their, they, they did Madman, right?
3: I, I think so. they got a, Hey, they got a Dennis topper documentary coming out.
4: Yeah. That's actually, uh, that's a really good, it's out actually. That's a, uh, that's a pretty wild documentary. I'm, I'm going to pick it up one day. It's it's like 19 bucks. I'm not in any rush to, <laughs> to get
3: it. Uh, but, yeah. Wait for the price drop on. And that. they
4: did uh, graduation day. They did a bang out job on that. Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth the watch. It's it's uh, for anthology fans or just '80s horror fans. If you missed this one, I'd, I'd recommend seeing it. It's hard. I mean, I don't think it's going to be anybody's favorite movie, but it's uh, Richard Moles pretty solid in it. It's got tons of gore, tons of you know things you're looking for in those kind of movies. Yeah. Oh.
2: I I do have another question for you, Axel. And maybe it's just me. Did this movie seem like it should that it was done in like '79? 80 and then got released in 1985
4: it's kind of got that feel to it like what is that was it a killer party that that, that happened to
2: yeah uh, it was a couple years old Um, but also too it had that like really Italian shot feel to it but I believe it was shot like some of it was shot in America Mhm. and it just I was kind of I don't know it's kind of like okay how did that happen
4: Yeah, unfortunately, I I didn't watch any extras or anything. I'd love to know some of the backstory on this because it's—I'm sure there's a story to tell there. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. I'm sure there's a few stories that could be told.
3: I do like—I do like the fact that God and the Devil look like Gandalf and Dracula going back and (laughs) forth. It's really rooting for Dracula there, but no, it's definitely. I will watch this again. Uh, it's not gonna get, like, thrown away. At my house, it's gonna, it's gonna get watched. This is something that you could show your buddies. You're like, hey, you guys wanna see some crazy, like, the dudes that are into some crazy shit, they'd love this. And I am looking at these vinegar syndrome titles. Sheesh, I want a lot of these. Anyway.
4: Yeah, they've got, you know, they've got a pretty high price point on it, but they're, you know, I mean, I, any of these low rent or, you know, kind of small time out, outfits, I try to support them if they're putting up good product. That Madman is, is a great Blu-ray.
3: I'll tell you what, man, if you want to get one on here, it's, it's 20 bucks. Raw Force is oh, yeah? nuts. Oh, Raw Force. Yeah. It's, it's got the, the, the second best tagline in any movie ever. And that is one blow the death blow it's what is um okay if,
4: check this out uh, i'm checking out wikipedia or r- real quick and it's saying night train to terror is actually pieced together from three other films Jesus. Uh, cataclysm from 1980 death wish club from 1983 and scream your head off unfinished and it says footage from footage from this film was also so later edited into Marilyn Alive and Behind Bars,
3: 1992. Weird, yeah. That is a spooky situation going on there, huh? Maybe that's why I like it. I need to find more movies like this. <laughs> Tim, do you know any of them? Uh
2: no, not right now. But like, it's-
3: the longer the longer I you know look around on the internet, I keep finding these anthologies that I didn't know existed. It's insane. Oh yeah.
2: Um, well, I I always say there's movies like this just out there that you don't know about and that's why I said stuff like Spooky's always amazes me that
3: it still hasn't found DVD or Blu-ray. It's travesty. Should should be finished. So uh Axel, let's get some let's get on some Burt Let's get on the Burt train. Yeah, I'll
4: send you the Burt alert if you're if you're you
3: know, <laughs> want to take the time to edit it in. I'm gonna edit me a Burt Alert. <laughs> Let's see what I can't. Get. I'm thinking maybe like a submarine submerging sound with the laugh. Yeah. Maybe some, I don't know. I just, I love, I love when Burt just gets enough of that cocky prick in the back of the limo and in, in, uh, Boogie Nights where he just, that's enough. Burt's gonna kick his ass. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can throw some of
5: that shit in there. Bert Alert.
4: <laughs> Bert Alert. Bert Alert. Bert Alert. Bert Alert. Bert Alert. Alert.
3: Alert. (laughs) Set me off. You know, like I said, I've seen Malone.
4: So you're just, you're lingering around the outskirts of Bert. Yeah. Yeah,
3: like... I haven't seen Stick, haven't seen Heat, haven't seen uh, Sharky's Machine, Stroker so, Ace I haven't
2: seen. I'm telling you, you don't need to see Stroker Ace.
3: Why, because I've seen Hooper?
2: Yeah, Stroker Ace is the least of those films. because
3: okay. it, it, I'm not a big
2: Lonnie It's basically, it's the humor of Smokey and the Bandit and Smokey and the Bandit 2, and it was kind of like, okay... Three is out there with Jerry Reed. I don't think we need to do a fourth one. Let's call it Stroker Ace. <laughs> it, it just, it, it has some good lines in it, but it's not, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me compared to oh some of the God. other movies.
3: Burt Reynolds was in Universal Soldier 2. Yes. Wow. It's
2: also in a movie called The Maddening. Dude, Michael Dudikoff is in uh, Navy Shield <laughs> versus Zombies. <laughs> Jesus! Oh my God!
3: Dude, Michael Dudikoff was in something. What did we find out he was in the other week?
2: Bloody Birthday.
3: Yeah, he's in Bloody he is? Birthday. Yeah. Yes. And so, uh, Julie Brown is in that, not Downtown Julie Brown. Yeah, but the, one. yeah. the
2: other Julie Brown. Yes.
3: Not wubba 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 Julie Brown. And she gets completely nude in that. Mm.
2: Yes. Yes. That's
3: the highest rated movie I ever rated on the show. It's fucking fantastic. I love that movie. Yeah, it's not bad. It was the first movie I, I it was the first time I've seen it. But anyway.
2: The Axel. Blu-ray of Navy SEALs vs. Zombies is cheaper than the DVD. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and with that, we're, we're back from, from the wormhole that we all fell in. And uh, yeah, I was telling you, Axel, I am, uh, with the Burt stuff, dude, I, I've got, 100 uh, Rifles down, and Hooper now, and... Malone. I was making that's some Burt it.
2: Reynolds comments that I was waiting for you to chime in, actually. Oh, damn it. Damn it.
3: So what what, what should <laughs> I be watching, Burt Reynolds-wise, here? Well, I, I hate to say it, you know, you're about to
4: talk about Hooper, and I, I've, I've got to say that's probably, I mean, just real talk, that's probably his best movie. I loved it. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, just because it's 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 one of the films where he's being himself. He's basically just yeah. acting as himself. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's when he really hit his sweet spot in his career and really started taking off in the box office was was when he started doing those kind of movies. But um, quintessential Bert uh, is definitely Hooper. I
3: I I, I I will say this, and it is a favorite from my childhood because I used to watch this all the time because my sister's a big fan of it. I do love the best little whorehouse in Texas.
4: I've tried to get into that one. It's it's a little, uh, yep. you know, it's not as uh, obvious comedy as you might be used to with uh, Burt Reynolds. But uh, I know I liked it a lot when I was a kid. But that's one I I've been meaning to try and uh, try and get back into. But um, I, I think definitely must see Burt is uh, the the Gator duology of uh, White Lightning and Gator okay, yeah. well, what about, definitely...
3: what about, I've always been interested in Sharky's Machine
4: it's not bad that. that's the Frowny Burt era now so it's Frowny gotta, Face Burt yeah you gotta watch your step I mean, that's Heat
3: uh, ooh Sharky's I'm looking machine. I'm looking at the cover of Sharky Machine that is definitely Frowny Face Burt <laughs>
4: But I, I I would recommend it, but it's it's definitely not feel good bird. I would def I would hit his seventies, you know, feel good hits before moving into dark dark bird, brownie burt. But uh but yeah, uh let's see. City, um,
3: City Heat looks interesting. It's got got uh a-
4: City City Heat is where he he took a chair to the face that was supposed to be a breakaway and uh and ever since that movie, that's he's had that really weird looking cheek. Everybody's always accused him of getting plastic surgery, but he actually just had to basically reconstruct his face after that Damn. movie. So his uh, career took a little bit of a slide. I mean, after that is when he was
3: doing the uh, switching channels and shit like that. Yeah, like um, I, I'm, I'm definitely not into unless it's like serious boogie nights, Bert. Like the new level. Bert. I am glad that he came back, though. Right.
4: Well he he had that uh, he had that television show Evening Shade for like four or five years there and um,
1: but yeah, I would say
4: you know, White Lightning, Gator, Hooper. Uh, I I personally like Heat. I think it's kind of an awful film, but I I, I Dick Malone. Um. Yeah, right, it, just a little bit of. It background on, I mean I I live in Tallahassee Florida and he it's the home of the Florida State Seminoles and he actually played for the Seminoles yep. in the late 50s um and he, he sustained an injury and uh ended up going into acting but what um,
3: what position was he was he
4: I think he was like a like a halfback huh um and he, uh, for a year, it, when I was coming up in the '80s, he he would come up to a couple of uh, games a year, and
2: they made remember, a big he, deal of when he would show up too.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty small town. I mean, it was a big deal.
3: birthday Day, they were giving out fake mustaches and cowboy hats <laughs> <laughs> But the game. But everybody who drives a Trans Am gets in free.
4: And I, I loved Stroker Ace as a kid, but really I. Uh, I was kind of a little bit too late for his heyday, and uh, really just kind of got back into him again. You know, maybe early two thousands started picking up on some of the old titles, but I guess it's really that connection that is probably the reason I, you know, even
3: am aware of him. Yeah, but this is this is uh, I picked Hooper because I know you guys loved it on your show. And mm. I've heard I've heard a other po- couple of podcasts talk about it, and I was like, you know, I've never I've never seen Hooper. I just I, I keep hearing about it. I, I need to check it out. It's got some Jan Michael Vincent in it. <laughs> um, and by the way, have you seen pi- uh, recent pictures of Jan Michael Vincent?
4: Oh yeah, I saw it. There was uh, an interview that came out not too long ago. He's in rough shape,
3: like post uh, leg amputations. Jan Michael Vincent. Yeah, That's yeah, sad, dude. Like, yeah, it's. Poor guy. I feel I know that bad. guy was a stallion.
4: That's horrible.
3: Well, yeah. Our buddy, and I agree with it, our buddy Rodrigo said, uh, the only people that have any business, uh, directing action movies are stuntmen and stunt coordinators. And mm-hmm. this was directed by Hal Needham. And boy, does it show. Uh, I love this movie. It's basically Burt plays Hooper, Sonny Hooper, who runs like, uh, what's it called? Hooper's. Uh, it's like a stunt crew for hire. I forget what the name of it's called. But he, he's on this big uh, movie set directed by Robert Klein. Is plays the director. And there's just – everybody and their brother is in the, in this movie. I feel like that's a, a trait of Burt. Burt, like, has this uh, rotating stable of dudes that he always works with. and friends yeah, yeah, his buddies, for real. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got Sally Field and uh, – Uh, Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw's in here. (laughs) I I just, the the one thing I, and and it's not a fault of the movie. It's, I, I cannot, there are some actors I cannot separate from them from their like most famous.
5: Who, Roscoe?
3: Yeah. I can only see that guy as Roscoe P. Coltrane. I can only see Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin. Like if I see Leslie Nielsen as like a serious actor, I'm just like when's he gonna break an an adventure. Yeah, when's he gonna break out the the fucking Frank Drebin shit? What's going on here? Um, Well James
4: Best, the guy that plays Roscoe, he almost in this movie, he almost plays as himself, the actor who plays Roscoe.
3: Very Um, very Roscoe y role.
4: Dude, I could watch those two do the uh, what one of them, do, they're doing the impression, sitting there in the yeah. uh, trailer. I could watch that scene all day. That's.
3: I, I could watch the Jimmy Ford. Stewart
4: impression.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if they had to cut that scene down.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I could watch them go back and forth about, like, uh, you know, how, how Hooper's scared to go to the doctor, cause, and then he's afraid, like, Roscoe's like, well, your dick's not going to work. Well, I don't want to live then. <laughs> you got to go to the doctor. <laughs> But there are some uh, – it's just – this movie is just a showcase of some stunts. And that's what Hal Needham is the best at. And it goddamn does it show in this movie. Uh, the fucking falls are amazing. Uh, that bar fight is the best bar
2: fight in movie history. I posted it on my Facebook earlier in the week because it, oh, it just – Oh, man. That bar fight, I, I – one of the things I will always remember. I just – I laugh – just even when I think about it, just because it's hilarious.
3: Just Bradshaw palm striking the, the helmet on Burton shadow. Yes. Is, that that I was in. That was when I, I was solely fucking sold on this movie. Just the palm striking. Let me get that 50 cents out of here, out of that jukebox. Time for the golden flash to go to work.
4: And then, of course, Bradshaw is wearing an epic rug that he he probably talked to oh, uh, for, for, for sure.
3: drug guy for that. Yeah, and who was the bald guy with with Bradshaw? He looked awful fucking familiar. He, was he? Go ahead.
2: Yeah. No, I was just gonna say he's in uh, quite a few Clint Eastwood movies.
3: He's not the. Uh, he is not the principal from Back to the Future. Right? <laughs> no, no. He, he looked awful like him, but maybe that's just because he's a big bald white guy.
2: No, he like basically he. I I believe like he made his bones basically on television, And... Somewhere along the way, during the mid seventies, all of a sudden somebody said, "You would make like a great character actor that shows up for five minutes in a movie." And he just like yeah. he is in everything after seventy four <laughs> for like a ten year period.
3: But yeah, um, basically there's a a giant stunt that Hooper wants to.
2: Somebody's letting Hooper
3: in. <laughs> Hooper just came in the door
2: maybe, that's, maybe we should check the door Maybe Corey G came back
3: <laughs> But there's um, a giant Hooper's got some back problems um, They're afraid that if he does this world record jump Over a collapsing bridge That he's going to be paralyzed And of course Sally Field's in this Because you know Burt is in this we mm. Woo, Goddamn Sally Field back in the day Oh boy and those white shorts should be in a museum. <laughs> what up, Sally Field? But uh, she's Hooper's love interest, and she's like, you know, Bert, do the stunt. I'm not going to be there when they, when you get back. Uh, the only bad thing about Hooper is uh, the movie, uh, they really, they gave everyone a character except Sally, Sally Field. She just kind of was, she didn't really have any, a lot to work She's
2: with. just there. But, yeah. I, but you know what, it.
3: I better just, her than some other.
2: Yeah, know, it's, she's much better than Sandra Locke in a lot of the Eastwood films. Oh, God, hell True. yeah. True. And yeah. what was
4: she going to do? Not be there?
2: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just, it made, her character is very minor in this compared to other things she was in with Bert. This just, it kind of made sense without making sense mm-hmm. of having her in there.
3: But they, uh, they have rigged. Uh, the end scene is absolutely amazing with stunts. They have rigged this entire town to explode. Uh, chimneys are falling, almost crushing cars. And I don't believe they landed that stunt at the end. <laughs> in real life. No way. No, no fucking way. But yeah, Bert in a Trans Am, jet powered Trans Am. I love, I love this. I love this movie. It was, it was fucking great. I'm going to give it 555 stars. And I, I think the, the coolest stunt was just like a, a fucking throwaway stunt. There was a stunt with a dude jumping off the back of like a stagecoach and he hit the horse and then popped off the horse and just started running on the ground. I had to rewind it and I was like, wow, holy shit. It's great. I loved it. Tim, what do you think about Hoopa?
2: I love it. I give it four out of four stars. I've loved it since a kid. I've always enjoyed the movie. Uh just talking about, it. like I said, it's one giant stunt from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. That's all the movie is, and that's hey, that's what I wanted. I, I, I yeah. you know what? Who cares if the rocket-powered car actually made it or not? No, just the whole point of it might have made it was fine with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you kind of glossed over, but I kind, I we talked about it last week. I really like Jan Michael Vincent's character in this. Oh, I yeah. like him being the young. Hooper, basically. He
3: wasn't. He, he wasn't trying to take over Hooper's position either. There wasn't any animosity between the two.
2: No. It, yeah, that that was
4: awesome. Because normally, this kind of movie, there would be com- competition between the two, but now yeah. he, he immediately takes him under his wing and, mm-hmm. and cares about the guy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I was just gonna say, I love the movie. I, I've always have. I thought it's a great movie.
3: Yeah, I love all the. I love all the side characters. It's just great. I, you know, the whole time I'm looking for Don Deluise in the background. <laughs> it happen, though, no. or Jerry Reed, or somebody like or that.
5: Ned yeah, baby, no
3: yeah, yeah.
4: Jim Neighbors, none of the regulars, really. None of his regular side men.
3: Yeah, no, no, no second bananas. He's always got like that's what I like. I think I like about Burt Reynolds. He's always like he always has that second banana guy. If it's if it's Jerry Reed, it's it's Dom DeLuise. And Dom I mean, DeLuise. I mean, it's, it's,
2: Dom DeLuise in the end, and Cannibal Run one and two just dun dun dun. Captain Chaos. Captain Chaos. Yes. That's great. Because this the, when they would make each other laugh, like when they would show that stuff during the credits. Yeah. That stuff I could watch forever.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I highly yeah. recommend Hooper. It's awesome.
4: It's also a great just a hangout movie it doesn't there's not a huge you know plot to it it's just kind of following these guys along in their daily activities but it's also i like how it focuses on the the stunt industry and and that side of the business you know everybody else is off doing their dramatic scenes and these guys
3: had some major league respect for those guys
4: these guys are over off you know they're playing cards and drinking beer waiting until the next stunt you know yeah um also i got into kind of the dark side of it with uh james best was kind of also i think when when me and jay scott were talking about it we described uh james best character as uh burt reynolds merlin in this (laughs) 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 from uh, night from night Riders um because he's always got the syringe and the advice you know
2: yeah. But you, um, it, it but it was true, though. I mean, yeah. literally, they used something like 200 or 250 stuntmen on this film.
3: Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they had to shut other movies down because they were no <laughs> around to do stunts.
2: But yeah. also, too, the, I said this last week, um, this looked like a movie where the stuntmen were like, yeah, just give us anything. This, you know... They were the stars more than even Burt Reynolds or Jan Michael Vincent. Yeah,
3: great, great fucking movie. And I'm gonna get back to some Burt soon. I just really want to see Sharky's Machine for some fucking reason. I don't know why. But it's anyway. definitely
4: worthwhile. Just be prepared for some frowny Burt. There's frowny no uh, no good time laughs.
3: Oh, that sucks. <laughs> anybody got any more to say about Hooper? Other than fuck yeah, it's awesome, it's Hooper. Let's <laughs> get into some shark lake, Tim Don't Yes Don't and go punch a shark
0: I have a great idea While we're in the water
5: What was that?
0: It was white <laughs> A bear went into the lake and killed somebody.
2: Your killer's definitely not a bear.
0: (laughs) Who's ever heard of a shark in a lake? It will live
4: and thrive until somebody kills it.
0: What about Clint Gray? 2005 to 2010, trafficking of illegal animals. wool, python. A damn tiger. I had a deal. When I buy something, I expect to get it. I think five years ago, you put this shark in the lake.
1: You are going to give me my shark. She's cute. You touch her, I kill everyone you know. I'm going to end this.
3: Get out
0: of the water! Get out now! It's a coordinated attack.
4: What do you mean? She was pregnant when she went into the lake.
0: <laughs> They're just doing what evolution programs to do. shh. shh. Did you hear that? Surviving,
5: Behind
4: you! we pretend that it's not nature.
2: Yeah, Dolph Lungren and Shark Lake that just happened to appear out of thin air, apparently. Uh, I did read something a few months back that Dolph Lundgren was doing a shark movie, and like Kyle, I thought it was a sci-fi channel movie, but apparently it wasn't. Uh, Dolph, uh, Corey G's leaving us again. Uh, (laughs) Dolph Lundgren plays a character named Clint Gray, who it opens up with Clint basically taking off, leaving his kid behind because he's Getting busted for selling illegal, dangerous animals or whatever. Exotic animals, let's call them. He goes to jail for five years and he gets out and he basically wants to get back and see his daughter and his past is catching up to him as two guys show up on his doorstep too, uh, basically saying, hey, uh, the last job, you Got a shark for me? You didn't get it. I either want my money, or I'm gonna go kill the kid that you're not allowed to see because the sheriff had busted him, or deputy that busted him basically has become the mom of the kid, and now all of a sudden there is a shark or sharks in this we're lake.
3: Axel again, dude. Did we? John, oh, I'm here. I'm here.
2: I thought you were gonna tell me Corey G kidnapped him. Now. No. <laughs> I wish. Uh, but, uh, a shark or sharks basically start eating people in the lake and everybody, like, because the sharks are eating people in the lake, uh, the sheriff, uh, deputy thinks it's Dolph Lundgren's character Clint is killing people and actually he, uh, has decided he's trying to kill the shark period and his daughter wants to see him. Um you get the picture, you understand what's going on. Uh, the movie is Not, uh, how to put it, it is not exactly your Sharknado or Ghost Shark or, it definitely isn't Jaws, it just, the effects are downright fucking horrible at times, and that's the best way to give it, like, that's all I can say, they are downright horrible, but basically they just, like, the movie just limps limps around Except during the Dolph Lundgren scene, something's always happening. Like, Dolph Lundgren's daughter, eventually, towards the end of the movie, jumps onto the boat, and the cops think, oh, he's kidnapping, and he just basically beats up the cop and throws him (laughs) off the boat so the shark could eat him. So he could still go kill the sharks. But eventually the deputy goes out, and her boyfriend sharkologist whatever he was for five minutes
3: (laughs) 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 sharkologist you (laughs) know he shows up
2: and basically he's trying to help her get her daughter back and Dolph Lundgren saves her she still wants to arrest Dolph Lundgren but Dolph Lundgren got a dive in the water and this is the only reason the only thing that made this film watchable was Lundgren falling into the water saving his daughter and then begin punching a shark in the face. <laughs> it was the only thing worthwhile. But like I said, again, just downright horrible effects at times. Like uh there's paragliding, I guess you call it, or whatever, uh, a couple of kids on that and this shark kind of comes out of the water, not like Sharknado where it jumps 100 feet high, it comes out right at the surface, bites the person, bites the girl's leg off and they're reacting and you could clearly see. I don't even call it computerized or digitalized. It was like literally somebody just went up on, onto like the green screen and drew in there with red crayon the outline of a leg or what the leg was there. <laughs> yeah. and just started drawing the little blood spots coming away, coming dripping from the leg. It was that bad at times, some of the effects. Uh, I think somebody figured, hey, let's put Dolph Lundgren in a shark movie. It should be awesome. Yeah, it had a chance to be awesome, but you should have literally just had sharks jumping on land and Dolph Lundgren just like fucking leg sweeping them and Fucking roundhousing
4: him and shit. Yeah, roundhousing
2: yeah. him in the face because putting him oh, in the STS it, it, Yeah, it just it was a shame because it's like you could see Lunger Dolph is a producer of this film too, and I would love to sit this dude down because this dude just seems since the Expendables has been doing a movie every five minutes. It's like you go take a dump, all of a sudden Dolph Lundgren's done a, about four movies.
3: It, he, <laughs> He's the new Jason Statham like that. Yeah, He
2: is, and and this movie just – it really comes off if you don't, like, have followed any of Dolph Lundgren's career at all. You're literally looking at this movie like uh, he collected a paycheck, and that's how it comes off, and it's a shame because this movie – did have potential, and it fails to get anywhere near that potential. And I, it's a shame, because I was really looking forward to this, because it just came out of thin air, it seemed like. Because, you know, it's one of those movies that would be in my brain that sounds really good. Dolph Lundgren in a shark movie. I want to fucking see that. It'd be great. Uh, but one out of, maybe one out of four stars. I, it's a shame this movie could have been so much better in my mind.
3: I don't know what it, you're talking about, dude. I loved it.
2: Ah, uh, dude, come on.
3: I did. I liked it, honestly.
2: Dude, I'm glad, don't get me wrong. I'm glad you liked it. I just, I felt cheated. I felt like Dolph Lundgren should have literally been the Roy Scheider of <laughs> this movie and I don't know. They kind of, I think they lost that.
3: Axel, did you watch this? Uh,
4: unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to take this one in.
2: I um. <laughs> like how he says it seriously.
3: Yeah. I mean, I like it. You didn't miss. It. You know, this is no fucking Evil Dead 2 or anything.
2: No, no. But, did, but tell, come on, you're telling me Sharknado, Sharknado jumps on the beach and Dolph Lundgren starts roundhouse kicking well, sharks well, in the face talking, that wouldn't we're be great. are talking a whole different other kind of movie
4: now, man. Oh, is this thing trying to be serious? Yeah, this is
2: serious. It's oh, yeah, it. this, this try to be super serious. Oh, that's where
4: it went wrong, then. Yeah, because um.
2: this isn't like Ghost Shark, where Richard Maul is fighting <laughs> <laughs> a spirit in a cave, and you have a shark jumping out of a cup of water, killing somebody in a police station. <laughs> it, it just It wasn't that. This was, hey... We're trying to be, you know, kind of like Jaws with Dolph Lundgren, and it just, it was not working.
3: I don't know what you're talking about, Tim. I thought this movie was perfectly serviceable.
2: Uh, nah, I, I have to disagree with you.
3: <laughs> Kyle, what did you like about it? I like, <laughs> yeah. I, look, man, Dolph Lundgren's like one of my boys.
2: Oh, he is. I, my, I love
3: yeah. that dude since goddamn Masters of the Universe. And I, I think. You know, there was a long time there. There was like six, seven, eight years where you had no Dolph. I I was like, I I would get all the straight-to-DVD Dolph Lundgren movies from the video store and loved them. You know, your uh, Dark Angels or your – like that. I loved them.
2: Red Scorpion. Red Scorpion,
3: shorty booty shorts.
2: I was going to say, real quick, if anybody is interested in some backstory on how Dolph Lundgren got into business – the extras on Red Scorpion are awesome.
3: Yeah, Savini was involved with Red Scorpion.
2: Yeah, somehow. he was. Yeah, Red Scorpion very looks awesome on Blu-ray too. By he's the way.
3: like, look, he's like one of the three, maybe four guys <laughs> that I will love. Even his bat, like him, Richard Pryor, uh, anything with leaving in it, it, it <laughs> awesome. Automatically, fucking great. I love it. And this one is, no joke, is is pretty good. I kind of dug it. I like Dolph Lundgren punching dudes in the face. I think he looks like a modern-day Frankenstein. Is this on Netflix or something? Tim Ah. literally just appeared at Tim's house. (laughs) And then I mysteriously got it somehow.
2: I I believe it's on Netflix now. I, I believe it's out there. But yeah, literally, it was one of those where I showed up at the Jagoff Massacre 2 shoot and Dan was like, um, this movie exists. He's like, out of nowhere. He's like, I feel like I should give it to you. <laughs> so that was why I did Shark Lake.
3: That's just an interesting dude, man. He's like a fucking hulking, yeah. insane
2: biochemist.
3: biochemist, drummer, kung fu guy. And he's got, like, genius-level intellect, even though he looks like a big dope. He's he's great. He's right up there with Arnold with me. I, lo- I love them both. But anyway, Shark Lake for you, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. What are you doing for next week, Tim?
2: Uh, I am doing... What am I doing? I'm doing cooties? Yeah. Yes. And cooties. I'm doing cooties. I was, I I was, I was thinking do... of what we're doing two weeks.
3: Shit. I, I've done fucked up and... Forgot already what I was doing. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Alligator.
2: No, you're doing that the week after.
3: Don't tell me what I'm doing, Alligator, God. No, because <laughs> you
2: wanted to do Alligator if I did Crocozilla.
3: Well, what the fuck was I talking about then? What I don't know. I do?
2: You came up with a different movie, and I forget what it is, and you said it was something you wanted to do.
3: Fine. Mystery movie next week when we figure out what the hell. <laughs> oh, the, off- the Offspring. That's what it was. Yes. The
2: to offspring. whisper with a scream, yes.
3: Yeah, the Vincent Price... Jeff Burr joint. Yes. Oh, is that
2: what
4: that was on MGM HD? Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. Uh, Same, okay, I, I'll, re- I'll definitely take a look at that.
2: Yeah, everybody everybody always calls it "Whisper to a Scream, and I remember it as Offspring for so many years, because that's what it was on VHS.
3: Yeah, that's what I had at my video store. I just watched it for the first time last night, and was kind of like, wow, this is uh, really good, especially the segment with the little kids.
2: Literally, I, when I watch it, that'll be the first time I've watched it in... Oh, almost 28 years? Jesus. That'll be the first time I've, because i seen it when it first came out on video and that's it.
3: Uh, well, we've got to soon. You've got to talk to Out of Print Dan and get on this nice <laughs> <new laughs> mystery movie.
2: Yeah, well, I got him working on some other movie. It was like called, uh, like the Planet of the Axe Part 3 or something, so. What? <laughs> Just another movie I found that. Just apparently exists.
3: Well, I cannot wait until, uh, Dolph Lundgren puts out Kindergarten Cop 2, which is happening. Oh, yeah. Now, see
2: that. that, I wouldn't want to see, but I'm telling you right now, if Shark Lake 2 is made, I will watch it.
3: Of course you will. It's a, it's a sequel when you're Tim Gross. Anyway, let's get out of here. Axel, what you got to pimp, sir? Where can the people find you?
4: Uh, we're on Facebook. We're around. Profondo Cinema. Check us out or don't it's uh you know (laughs) kind of similar to what these guys do but uh i don't know if you're into romero check it out uh i think up next we're doing some more uh rock and roll documentaries but uh we're we're kind of on a weird schedule now so we're kind of an every four to six week kind of schedule now you got uh,
3: american hardcore in there speaking of leaving
4: no, but uh, is that, is, I think J. Scott may have mentioned that. That's like a, I guess like a, a USA punk documentary thing or. Uh,
3: it go. It, the book is a lot better. It goes through like the hardcore stuff from like. Oh, is it uh, recent? Five, six years old, maybe. Okay. Yeah. No,
4: I haven't heard of that.
3: It's uh, the book is a lot better. Uh, the It's got, you know. The hardcore movement from 79 to, like, 86, black flag, mm-hmm. uh, circle jerks, shit like that. But the, it, but it the, the documentary, album.
4: does not have, like, live uh, oh, yeah. video? Or, okay.
3: Oh, yeah, it's got all that stuff.
4: Uh, I'll have to track that down. That's awesome. It's,
3: it's really good. And it's a it's a short sit. It's like an hour and 20, gets in, gets out. It's great. Mm-hmm. Tim, what you Sounds. got, to Tim?
2: Uh, of course you'll always find me here at Blood Bass and Boomsticks. Also, find me at grossmoviereviews.com. And if you're interested in my book, The Wrath of Gross, you can find it at lulu.com. Uh,
3: you can follow me and my Twitter buddy, Dr. Porkenheimer Juice, <laughs> at uh, JSB underscore boomsticks on Twitter.
2: Kyle, and does he work for P in Your Butt Productions? I would assume he's working for P
3: in Your Butt Productions. Probably Tristan Arley Martin's got him on his payroll, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, like our Facebook pages, you just search Bloodbath and Boomsticks. Uh, the URL is bloodbathpodcast.blogspot.com. And come back next week when we talk about cooties and I've forgotten. Our, oh, whisper to a scream, aka the offspring. So Axel, thanks for coming on and setting me s- straight on the Burt path. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks for having me.
4: Yeah, thanks dude, a lot guys. Time.
3: Good, good times. Uh, yeah. Tell thanks, your buddy, sure. tell your buddy Jay Scott. Um, I am saving my virginal viewing of Martin for when he wants to come on the show. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I've never seen it, but I've heard Martin's an Indianapolis boy. And yeah. Check it out. Oh, Shit, wow. I'll, I'll
4: come on too if you. It's been a while. I, I wouldn't mind.
3: Fuck yeah, dude. Anytime. Just yeah. let us know. And we
1: are out of here. Peace. Turn out the lights. The part is over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The part is over. And tomorrow starts the same old thing again. against us, Mr. Cowboy. Yippee-ki-yay. Hey, you've been mistaken for a man.
0: No, have you?
1: Caralhoff? Sidekick? Fuck you! Caralhoff does not deserve to smell my shit. That lame truck that you can run in hell for all I care. How uh, dare uh, that asshole bring a cow off? You think it makes talent to play Frankenstein? It's all on makeup in that Gauntie word. Cheers! does, what again? Exactly. He was buzz. Oh, good. See things no one else can see. Do things no one else can do. Real things. As real as man. What can the guy ask for? You know, you look like your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957. Dude, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. I live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! Is this something you could share with the rest of us amazing, Larry? What did I teach you? You fought for the Duke of New York. You're a, a number one. Oh, Joe Miller, you just found the marble in the oatmeal. You're a lucky, lucky, lucky little boy, because you know why? You get to drink from the fire
5: hose.